This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Yo, 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 welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That's right. I'm DJ Spider. And I'm hanging with you. I'm really happy to be here. We on the 20 Podcast. And the 20 Podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. As always, BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. And I need you to go peep it out. Um, we've got amazing curated playlists for you of all genres, vibes, everything for your live streams to your gigs. If you got gigs in this day and age uh, right now. Um Really, really dope. And also, so exciting is that BeatSource Link is about to officially launch within Serato very soon. I mean, really, really soon. Um, the beta is out now in Serato if you want to test it out. It's also officially out in Rekordbox as well as some other DJ hardware and software. And it's super dope. You can DJ from the cloud. You can save your own playlists. You can use Tune My Music or Sound Is to transfer your playlists over from Spotify, Apple Music, any of those sites, and get it onto BeatSource and DJ straight off the cloud with it. It's really unbelievable. Uh, Mojax breaks it down in his one of his tutorial videos where you can get a lot more info on that. So go check that on YouTube if you want more info. Um, and thank you guys for rocking with me, the Beat Sorcerers, all my listeners. I really appreciate the community that we're building here. It's a worldwide community. I get messages from people all over the globe. People are sending me their edits, giving me feedback, telling me topics they'd like to hear, asking questions. I love when you guys help me out with the questions. It is just like so much fun to be able to ask what you say you know and include you guys in the podcast so please keep it coming with that um i love building with you guys and and just keep in touch hit me on instagram at dj spider or on twitch uh twitch.tv slash dj spider i you know i just really want to build with you guys on this and i appreciate all of your support um and go give us some reviews five stars and all that in the apple podcast store help us get up the charts and all that stuff appreciate it another thing it is september 2020 a lot of things are going on in the world right now and i implore you to go vote make sure you vote in this election and it's not all about the president there's a ton of things that you can vote on on my my u.s people i'm talking to that can affect your life and the future world that we live in so please it's important use your your right and go vote um and now let me give you guys some info on our special guest of the day uh this is someone that it turns out in the podcast he reminded me that we met 10 years ago i feel like a jerk but i did not remember that until he told me the story and then i have a vague recollection of it but really we've become twitch homies i've seen him on twitch killing it um he's really built his channel up and um, it's been inspirational to watch him do that and um, he explains a lot on here on this podcast about things like getting stuck in your local dj scene how to break out what twitch has done for him over time the type of money that people are making on twitch is really interesting to talk about and how it adds up compared to normal gigs um he has a lot of really funny and great dj stories a lot of relatable things things that i think that you will be able to 
apply to your own life or use you know your ideas he gives us some really cool tips on music organization and using cue points in certain ways um it was innovative and i i learned a lot from it so i think you guys are going to get something out of that um and you know we just talk about all kinds of dj stuff we get real nerdy with it and i love it um this dude is a very well-rounded dj his cuts are super clean and dope um his sets are very very well-rounded like he i feel like he can rock all types of music and really stick to a vibe a cohesive vibe no matter the genre um and he just seems like a positive great dude i was really happy to have him on here and learn more about him and now i'm going to introduce him to you guys for the people that don't know so please make some noise for my dude dj arcade what up welcome to the 20 podcast we have got arcade in the building today how you doing I'm well. How are you, sir? What up? I'm giving you that arcade sheesh. The look. emote? The, the sheesh moat? The sheesh moat. <laughs> um, so arcade is in the building on the 20 podcast. Really excited. We got to give him some love, okay? Wow. This is the first time we've had the crowd in here. Oh, please, guys, please. Oh, my God. They're loving you. Oh, my God. Okay. Guys, please, please, please. Wow, wow. Okay. Okay, right. okay. You can so, stop. Okay, okay, now okay. keep it going. Keep wow. it going. No. Okay. Oh, they're back. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, okay, okay. All right. All right, chill, guys. Um, <laughs> so, Arcade's in the building. The crowd's loving him. We're very excited. We're doing a night podcast here, so we got different vibes for you out there. If you're listening in the morning, just picture it's 10 p.m. for you right now. And crack a cold one, brother. Exactly. Cheers, by the way. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. What you are you sipping on? I got some Cali Dad, Cali Dad beer. I don't know. Someone was a lager or what is that? You know, I don't know. It's quality Mexican it's style cerveza. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Well, cheers. <laughs> Drinking cheers. some White Claw. Cheers to the claw. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's our first podcast like this. Little drink champ. Uh, ode to the drink champs here. Yep. Um, we got arcade in the building. Um, if you are not familiar with Arcade, he is uh, from the Bay Area, Bay Area Yee. representer, Yee. Um, and uh, we have become Twitch friends, I think, uh, <laughs> over the past few months, f- months for the past few months. Uh, I've seen you doing some really dope sets on there. And, um, you know, we're always... Like, earlier today, we were in a Twitch chat, I think, on DJ Marvel's uh, stream, yep. watching DJ ADMC, which, shout Who's to him. Who's a beast, Oh, dude. my God, he's I love so that dope. Guy. Yeah, I don't God, know him, but he's an amazing DJ. I don't really know him either. Like, he shouted me out on the stream. Thank you. And uh, I want to... I got to get him on here sometime to talk about everything. But he's... I mean, he's amazing. I saw him before Twitch was popping. He was doing sets on IG Live. And he did this oh, like okay. pop punk type emo set that was so mind blowing. I was just like, this dude is next level. I knew he was good, but it was yeah. it was like I know when a- you see someone who's technically good and then you have to watch them a little bit to catch like their musical taste. Yeah. And that's when you really put the pieces together. And he's like a great example of that. <laughs> yeah. So that was dope. But um yeah, I mean it's you know, we're in the Twitch community and uh I see you in the chats, I see you on your stream and all that stuff. So I wanted to get you on here because I was personally super impressed with um 
just the way you had put together your Twitch stream, like the look of it, but also like your DJing and like your uh, approach to the whole thing, your music selection. Like, I feel like you're really well-rounded. You, your cuts are really dope, uh, like very clean. Obviously, you. you practice, but very yes. funky, not too technical, but very technical and and just yeah. you know you got the well-rounded approach from the the music selection the style of your blending and, and mixing and the smoothness and the scratches and i just love it like i i thoroughly enjoy listening to your dj sets um thank you so much man it means a lot yeah. coming from you because yeah i heard you before i even was good at djing so like, <laughs> Dope. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I've obviously been doing it for a minute, but yeah, that's why it's dope. I love that about Twitch because probably I go to San Francisco all the time. I go to the Bay all the time, but I don't get to hear the other DJs up there. So this is a nice way for me to hear other people, build with them and, and, um, you know, like it's cool in the future. This all leads to everyone becoming better friends and collabing and helping each other out. So, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, so I just want to get you on here, get to know you a little better, introduce you to the crowd, and and pick your brain. Um, so yes, uh, saying you know, saying that you were from the Bay and San Francisco, um, who were some of your early influences and inspirations as a DJ? So, uh, so I started DJ. I'm almost yeah, almost ten years in. Okay, and I, so yeah, I took my first gig. I would, that's when I say I started DJing. Is when I took my first gig, and right? So um, yeah, I was in the Bay Area at the time. I've moved around a little bit, but home has always been the Bay Area. Okay, uh, San Jose to be specific. Ah, okay, got it. And I obviously spent a lot of time in the city. I had a lot of uh, music friends that were out there. Um, but also the, the segue kind of into me finding influences and stuff was, um, so I used to work at monster cable, Oh, which, you know, you're familiar with monster cable. Yeah, of course. I'm sure I'm using some right now. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. I have a bunch from when I used to work there. They still (laughs) work. (laughs) And so I was working there, uh, when they were still involved with beats by Dre. Oh, so oh, I got yeah. brought in there. Yeah. Which was a great time to be involved. Right. Um, cause I was more on the beat sides of things and, uh, I came in there as a marketing intern. So it was very low level. I was a dude that went to get coffee for all the talent that would come through the office. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to rewind just a tad, like I was always on YouTube. I was watching, of course, the beat junkies, uh, Babu was a huge influence on me. Uh, right. Mellow D was a, a really big influence because I would say those those two and then AM were the first people I would sit there and watch videos of. And I kind of liked little pieces of each of their style. Yeah. Um, they're all three amazing DJs. But for me to kind of formulate a style, I picked little pieces from each of them. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, same. Those are like huge right. inspirations for me, too. I love all of their styles and they're totally yeah. different. Totally, right? And so yeah. I, I would kind of study that. And so I kind of formulated this idea of what I, the kind of DJ I wanted to be. Um, fast forward a couple years, I'm like starting to take this more serious. I'm working at Monster Cable. I'm starting to see like Jazzy Jeff would come through. Um, I was basically like a second assistant to the uh, vice president of Monster. So, and he was running all the beat stuff. So he was working very closely with Interscope, with Jimmy Iovine. Wow. And so they were just literally wrangling all these all this talent to come through the office and they would right. I would be the person that would go get him food, go get him coffee, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. 
And so check this out. This is always like a super cool story and that actually got me connected in the DJ scene in the Bay Area was they had just come out with the studio headphone, which is like the first Beats headphone. Right. And they noticed a lot of DJs were using them and they want, they're working on creating a DJ headphone, which I'm sure you've seen the big silver one. I think they're called Beats Pro or something. Yeah, I have a few pairs. (laughs) Probably, yeah. And so before those headphones were even created, they had this idea of getting all these djs the best djs in the area um in just this conference room to like brainstorm what's the dream headphone for all of them yeah and they asked me like who i think should be in there and i i submitted my names and stuff and definitely some of them got picked it was just people i knew that were local that were killing it and so it turns out in that room it was uh some of the finger bangers which now just go by the bangers yeah um it was the oakland faders and spare, it, spare and plattern spare and plattern i think it was just plattern though at okay. that meeting but i i could be wrong right um and then 41 funk i know tico was there so, i think just tico from 41 funk and maybe max kane and then shortcut was there and then maybe a few others i think apollo was probably there wow that's legendary bay area <laughs> meetup yeah. of djs and i'm i'm sitting there i'm like 21 years old and like seeing all these guys on youtube and you know at that point like these guys are rock stars in my eyes yeah and um yeah so i'm just like kind of just in this meeting and then uh the person that was running the meeting was like oh yeah this is our marketing assistant and oh yeah he's actually a dj too which i was like yes <laughs> and so they were like oh cool and so after the meeting you know we had this cool meeting we did an icebreaker thing where we all talked about like i remember one of the questions was uh if you could see any artist that has passed away live who would it be like a concert or whatever yeah and so we all did a round table and got to got to do that and so um but the you reason pick, who did you in, pick <laughs> i think oh uh, mine was i think it was bob marley oh that's dope which was crazy because i was the last one to go which is the worst because i was like <laughs> still learning i love music huge music fan but i was like nervous i was the last one to go i was like they picked all the good ones right <laughs> and so and you know what now that i think of it this was literally i remember uh michael jackson passed away like a month after i started working there so it was right around it was right before that happened just wow random thought that I yeah had. um but yeah i think i picked bob marley and which it was crazy because no one had picked him yeah that is crazy yeah and um but yeah so after this meeting i said oh you know who was there that i forgot which reminds me of another story is doja oh yes shout to which, doja shout out to I, doja. I just i just lit a candle with uh, my doja lighter randomly <laughs> oh okay he has his own lighters <laughs> yeah I, awesome. last time i saw him in san francisco probably earlier this year before the lockdown uh he gave me one and i just randomly had it right by the candle i just looked at it like right before we started that's why it's funny shout you mentioned out to his name. doja yes. i mean fr- he was the dude after the meeting that came right up to me he was like yo you're djing like we need to hang out sometime like come hang out with me in san francisco I was like, uh, yeah, like, of course it was like him and Tico and they were just like chopping it up with me. And I was yeah. this young gun. Had I know no he's idea. the nicest, nicest dude ever. He brought me to yeah. go scratch at Qbert's house one time at like three in the morning. And I was like, I thought he was lying. He's like, we're going to go to Qbert's and scratch. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. And we go in a car, yeah. end up there. I was like, holy shit, I'm so intimidated right now. <laughs> like, That's how I felt, honestly, always around those guys. Cause I was, I, I feel like my whole career is putting these situations where I'm really good it like knowing who to further relationship with and it puts me in these positions where i'm like i'm not qualified to be here yes but then (laughs) there's always that saying like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room it's the truth i I can live by by that 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's that's the truth 100%. I mean, like I think when you're uncomfortable, sometimes it's leading to something better. You know, if you were super comfortable, it would just be boring. Yeah, I know. It, it, and then at the same time, we're all trying to reach this reach this comfort zone where we're like always in pocket. But does that even exist? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a. It's like life. It's a fluctuation. It's an in and yeah. out. You know, you take the yeah. yin and the yang of it. It's a balance. Yeah, and it took me ten years to learn that. Like, I got to be comfortable with this state and this mindset and this yeah. feeling because this is how it's always going to be. Right. And so I need to treat this like it's that place I've been trying to get to. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. So, um, so wait, so, so you said the, oh, the Bob Marley was your answer for that thing, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. So after the meeting, this is, yeah, this is like the kind of the reason the story and how it gets into my influences. Yeah. But yeah. So Doja immediately was like, let's link up. He was with Tico a lot. They were all hanging out together cause he was really closely affiliated with 4-1 Funk. Right. 4-1 Funk was, uh, Tico, of course, B cause all heavy hitters, Max Kane, yeah. uh, Mr. B, um, and those guys were the first guys that kind of took me under their wing, knew I didn't know anything. And the only reason they kind of kept in contact with me is because I just kept showing up at their gigs. Right. And they were like, it, they were really killing it. They were just getting out of the battle scene. They were getting super musical um, with how they approached the turntables. And so that was like a very big foundational influence on me in the beginning. So I had this idea of like oh that's the type of dj i'm gonna be very musical treating the turntable purely like an instrument and i was like an advocate for that in the beginning like yeah that whole argument like djs aren't musicians i was like the guy that was screaming from the mountaintops you're wrong right i'm with you well plus you were hanging out with tico so i feel like he's the ultimate example of that i mean i remember seeing 10 years ago he was doing scratches on like mark ronson records with this turntable he invented with hubert in the room yeah yeah and he like invented that turntable uh, where he would play um he would play all the buttons the different pitches and be able to scratch the c1 yeah yeah, so, I know. He's very, that, very musical on that tip. You yeah, know? I mean, they they pretty much invented that with uh, partnering with uh, Vestax. Right. And I so, that, yeah, that's the controller one turntable. And that's one of the first things I saw when I started hanging out with them. And so, yeah, yeah I, I went to a few of their gigs. I started getting closer with them, got their numbers. Um, they started showing me like a little bit of love saying, hey, like come to the studio, aka come to their house. Yeah. And uh and yeah, we started slowly hanging out. I was already working in the city. So I felt like I lived in San Francisco because I'd work there. I'd get off work and I'd go straight to Tico's house. Like that's what I did pr- pretty much like three or four days a week. Right. And I wouldn't even participate at that point. I was just a fly on the wall. I was literally the guy rolling the joints for them <laughs> yes. while they sessioned. Right. And right. so, and so, yeah, so that like, I just remember that was like very, uh, a very like pivotal point. Cause I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do with DJing. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and then I started slowly getting into like, you know, I was still a big fan of AM still knew I wanted to like, cause I was such a music fan in terms of like, I love so many styles and as a kid, I was always that kid that had a, a binder full of CDs and was like in the car or at my friend's house, like, yo, I got you. Like, let me put this one on, right? Yeah. And so I never thought about it at the time, but that's definitely where I was leading to. And I was like, damn, I'm a DJ. I was a DJ before I even thought or knew about DJing. Yep. 
It's the and truth. So I started, yeah, so I started seeing them be real musical at the turntables. I was okay, I definitely want to learn that stuff. And it was post-battle scene. So battles were dying down. No one was really doing it. It's like when battle DJs went two ways. They either went into production or started getting like musical turntables. I guess three ways. Um, stopped DJing or went the club route, right? Yeah. And and I know you're, you kind of flux between that realm too because I know you're a technical DJ. And I, yep. when I first met you, which brings me back to meeting Doja, is Doja brought me to open up at a gig where you were DJing and he was DJing also. Oh, wow. I don't remember the name of the venue, but I remember it's in San Francisco. Was it Vessel? You, you, was it the one, is Vessel the one yeah. where you walk downstairs? Yeah, now it's Love and Propaganda. That's my oh. resident. Well, that's my residency in San Francisco when I when life is back to normal. But that's where I did. De- that's that was my final gig. <laughs> that was the first gig uh, that got canceled right before the quarantine. But Vessel was is now Love and Propaganda. But yes, I remember that night was so popping. It was like somebody's birthday or something, right? I don't. I don't. It's so weird. I, the only details I remember is I got to open, which was crazy to me that i was even djing in a club and i knew who you were and i i remember like we i mean we like had small talk but at, like i was doja's friend i don't think even doja like introduced me to you because i think you got there after i was already djing and right i, I sort like, of remember this now i never even knew this but now, I, and i ended yeah. up just hang i ended up just hanging out on stage and it was just like vibing out like listening to you and i knew who you were at that point and i knew you were like the kind of dj i wanted to be right you were kind of like came from that am footprint a little bit where it was like you could scratch you were technical but you knew music you knew right. multi-genre music and you knew how to rock a party yes and so i remember i was like dude this i was in awe i was like dude this guy has got it figured out like <laughs> that's what i'm trying to do <laughs> amazing thank you i mean yes that's that same like i mean when i met am we talked about it on the last episode with steve wonder i was um, listening we right, tell a ton it. of stories, yeah. but but that was it. Like, you know, I came up with him. I mean, we would be like, iron sharpens iron. Like, this is dope. That's whack. And like, um, yeah, we wanted to be the other kind of DJ. But, um, you know, eventually we sort of brought it all together. And, and what AM and other DJs taught me was really what I my opinion of a really good DJ is a, is someone that's well-rounded enough yep. that can rock all the different genres. And like you said, can scratch. You don't have to be the absolute best, but like just be, take it all seriously and do the best you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and be well-rounded in all ways. And if you don't want to do something, don't do it. But, but yeah, that's how I've always approached it. And it's worked for me, you know? And I remember that night was super fun because I remember somewhat playing like cheesy shit, but also dope shit. And the crowd was yeah. into it. And I was like, this is so fun. They're like yeah. singing like anti up and like a pit bull song or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying, I don't remember the music at all, but I just know, I just I barely know as it. a DJ that it was that time where, you know, the heads were getting into the club. So yes. it was this fine line of how far could you take it? But then how far did you have to pull it back and play, you know, the top yeah. 10 records at the time. And and that was that was a big time in DJing because that's when like people are like, oh, that DJ sell out. He just does club shit now. Right, right. Whatever. And I just remember I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't make sense like why people are hating because like 
I, I just feel there's a creative way to do it. And yes. some DJs were doing it right. And I look at it like a challenge. If you have to play all the hit records, like come up with a, be super creative, take that extra step and come up with your own way to deliver it. That's, that's exactly it, what I, my approach to it too, you know, and yeah. then th- that was the, that's the thing, you know what I mean? You could, you're going to play these songs, do it in a cool way, you know? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, exactly. And I mean, yeah. nowadays we were talking about it earlier, uh, is on Twitch. Now every DJ can literally sit there and take notes or Shazam and they don't got to feel bad about it because they're just at home. Right. And so, you know, and even before that, when you're at a club, you got to play a lot of the same records. So it's like, how are you going to play those records and kind of make it your own and yeah. own it? And so that's how I've always looked at DJing was like, okay. And it took me a while to learn that. Not in the beginning. It took me a, a, a long time to learn that. But once I did, it kind of opened up this Pandora's box of like, okay, I don't got to worry about being the DJ that has all the unknown shit because we come from that digging culture where you got to be like the DJ that's always putting on the unknown ill music that everyone's going to love. Right. But that doesn't always work in a club. Nine times out of 10, it probably won't work. But I know. You know what I mean? But that's why it's been nice watching the DJs. And like we were even talking about how drum and bass seems so much more prevalent in these sets. Because I think if they were to play that in the club, it might not go over as well. But it's going over well on the stream in a high energy kind of set, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to like pinpoint why. I mean, you don't got to keep a dance. You don't you don't you don't got to please anyone but yourself. And people come to watch you because of you. You know what I mean? And so I think people are more open-minded and and they're not in that drunk club state of mind where it's like the only thing that really gets them going is hearing that song that they know. They're in a totally different environment. So I think your whole perspective changes Yeah, out the gate. And so, and then if you're a DJ that's established, you kind of have that trust where with your audience where I know this person's going to do some amazing stuff, even if I don't know the music. Right. And so like you kind of just take them on that journey. And yeah. it's so, it's so dope to see it because I watch all these amazing DJs pre streaming and I was amazed by their sets even before that. Um, but now on Twitch, like I really get to see them be fully 100% them, which is totally like, super I love cool. it. And everyone approaches it differently. You know, some people yeah. are going full out whole segments and shows. Some people are just doing sets. Some people are doing specialized sets. And um, yeah. it's cool and to see. And that's kind of something I wanted to talk about, too, is like there's what's cool about streaming is there's so many approaches to it. And there's yeah. no wrong way to do it. It's like the wild, wild west right now. It's like trial and error. What works, yeah. what doesn't. Everyone's open to the trial and error. Right. Um, and and yeah, I just think that's a beautiful thing. Like I wanted to speak on my approach to it, not to say like, this is how you should do streaming, but this is just how I approach it. Cause yeah, I know well, other people. Exactly. That's what I was right? wondering. Like, you know, cause I watch so many people on there and I watch you and, and, um, I know that you prepare, I obviously, because totally. you always have new music and you like very new music. Like, should I just yeah. got that day or something or stuff I've never heard of? Um, yeah. But you have new music and you're organized with the way you're doing it and, and yeah. your your gifts that you keep adding in and different, you know, elements. So, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to maybe delve into that, like... Um, like your approach to Twitch, like you said, and maybe if we could have a story or or of of the beginning of your 
Twitch yeah. setup, your OBS and all your, and to where it is now. So maybe help out some people that are trying to get into it and give them a yeah. roadmap. Well, if, if anything, I think this will give people hope that aren't streaming yet because I mean, I mean, it's a, it's, it's moving fast. So it's a little bit of a different landscape. Yeah. But I started literally with, obviously I started on Instagram because that was, I, no one really knew about Twitch right? Um, at that point. The only reason I knew about Twitch is I actually had an account and I used to go on there, but it's because my brother-in-law is a streaming gamer. Oh. And so I literally would just go in his room only because I know he'd be taking shots, be drinking. And if I'm sitting there and I'm kind of burnt out on working on music stuff, I'd be like, oh, let me just like chat with him and the chat or whatever and have some drinks. Yeah. And so I kind of knew a little bit about Twitch, but never thought in a hundred years that it would get to where it's at now. No, me either. And he always was telling me like, oh, you need to jump on Twitch. You need to DJ. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like everyone's on Instagram. Why would I go on Twitch? I didn't understand the, the chat culture, the community, the, the ins and outs, the features, the revenue yeah. model, like the whole everything but yeah um so start totally. i started streaming on instagram just using my phone running through an irig simple <laughs> as that yeah i would do like an hour set i would get cut off like every 20 minutes obviously you right know, playing and that's and i mean i definitely like shifted my approach then because i was like okay if i can't play drake or a popular pop song because i know i'm gonna get probably booted off yeah so it made me go deeper which is cool i was that's like my comfort zone is going super right. deep yeah and so yeah i started on there and then i started to hear about twitch i'm trying to think the first person i saw on twitch i don't even know who the first person i saw on twitch dj wise but i just remember seeing djs talk about it and i knew streaming is a way something i wanted to do because i was like just beginning to gain a little steam DJing out here in the local scene. I was doing like a little bit more club stuff. I was still doing the parties that I can kind of self indulge and do me and do kind of that weird sound. So I had this like blend going and I was like, I definitely want to keep this momentum up. I wasn't like, I wasn't going to stop DJing. Right. Yeah. And so I knew streaming was something, I knew there was something there. So I hopped on Twitch. I didn't even have, I just had one computer at the time. So I would use, and you can't even run OBS with Serato. It's like impossible. Right. You, right. Like you have to have a strong computer. I have a really good computer and it's still, I was trying to do them at the same time and it was struggling. Yeah. And I remember like when I was streaming off my phone, I was just using this app called Streamlabs. Yeah. Which was basically everything all in one on your phone. Shitty right. quality, no overlays. You could do like minor little overlays. And I tried to do like a little banner at the bottom. Right. But Dude, it, I look back on it and I used to do these recap videos, which I ended up taking off my Instagram because I was just cringing looking at them. <laughs> they were so shitty, but the, the concept was forming and I can tell like I was having fun doing what I was doing. And for once I was, it felt like I was building my own party without all that overhead or that pressure, that outside pressure that you always have to play into and take into consideration when you're doing your own thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not just from a musical standpoint, from the whole package, what you want to do visually, how you want to brand yourself, how you want to, the tone, um, and then the music, right? And you can kind of tie it in this whole package. Yeah. And so I started seeing that form. So I kept doing, I started the weekly thing doing every Saturday and I would do it just off my phone, horrible quality. I was getting maybe like, I don't know, 10 to 20, maybe max out on 30 people on a good night. But I knew when I jumped from Instagram that there wasn't to be this time where I was like, I remember I had to make that decision in my mind. I was like, okay, I got to be okay with there being five viewers in the room 
because right. no one's going to download Twitch. No one was going to take that extra step. No. It, like, they barely stay on Instagram for five minutes while you're DJing. Like, why would they download right. an app, right? But there's a whole different world of people on Twitch that just want to watch stuff. Yeah. And it, it just took me to do it and learn about that. And then you start to notice that, like, there's just this whole different environment and ecosystem that happens on there. And you think about Instagram, it's very, like... I don't know what the word is, but like you're always scrolling, you're always moving. You don't stop and kind of hang out. And exactly, engage. it's not built like that. No, but you don't think like that, right? You don't. As DJs, we like we don't think about that side of things. No, we're just like, where are the numbers? Where where's everybody at? Exactly, simple as that. And so once you take your and I hear a lot of DJs now. Like I talked to a bunch of DJ friends that aren't streaming. They're like, ah, I'm hesitant because I don't want to start off with ten viewers. I don't want right. to DJ with no one in the room. And I'm like, I know you don't, but like, if you want to get into streaming, it kind of starts like that. Yeah. Sorry. But no, you're good. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, exactly. It starts like that, and and I think there's something to be said about like what you're saying, like starting with have doing the shitty things if you don't do the shitty things you're not going to get to the good things you know yeah exactly and i think even why i say it's way different now because because now it's kind of like grown and there's kind of some movement some traction happening i think if you're a dj that is at least a little bit known in the community you're going to have a jump start as to where the guys who jumped on early like we were talking about you starting like you did a few streams but you said you know you're really going to jump in and get there like you're going to hit the ground running already you you learned about the back end you learned about all the technical side of things you've been in streams you watched how it all works the community side all that stuff yeah so even though you're going to learn along the way you're going to be like already hit the ground running especially with raids like right you know what i mean like your first stream you could have like 300 people in there just because a raid hit you or something exactly you know? yeah so I, I i yeah i mean i feel like i'm i'm taking my time and I'm doing other things but yes i'm gonna get yeah. on and and um i've been studying it from the outside and and setting up all my stuff on on this side yeah um to do it yeah but yeah i mean that's dope and so so then how did you make the jump uh from the app to like obs and like getting another computer and then now like implementing all your segments or whatever the yeah so i mean obviously i was in a money crunch from the get-go i lost i mean 60 to 70 percent of my income was from dj gigs yeah and so um i mean i got unemployment thank god because that was like a huge like it filled the gap where I needed to be filled and it was just enough to squeeze by. Right. And, and so, yeah, to jump from the app, I did, I was streaming on the app for maybe two, three months and then my computer started to act up and I knew it was time to get a new computer. And I kind of just waited and waited and I was like, that's not the right time. But then I was like, I think there's something here with the streaming thing. So I was like, okay, let me pull the trigger. So I ended up getting a new, new DJ computer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make my old Mac, my OBS Mac. Oh, I do that for about a month. And shout out to Flotron, which you know now because of yeah, Twitch. He was right. there since he jumped in my stream randomly one time. We have mutual friends, but he heard about it, jumped in there, and he was like, hit me up on the side. He was like, dude, if you ever need help, hit me up. I know all... He basically runs... He has his own business, and he streams like events, like track meets, sporting events, all oh, this stuff. okay, tight. So he literally knows the ins and outs of this stuff. And he was like, okay, let me see what you're running. He would literally take over my computer, do all the settings... And I did about a month on my old Mac once I had my new computer. 
he was like, dude, this is just not cutting it. I've done everything I could to get your stream to where you want it, but we're still having drop frames and all these like latency issues. Right. And so he was like, yo, check it out. I have this computer I built last year. I'm not really using it. It's a custom built PC, a monster of a computer. And he's like, here, I'll, I'll, I'll sell it to you on the low low because I see that you're doing something that's cool. And he literally like believed in it. And he was like, here, I'm going to help you out. That's so cool. So cool. And that's taps back into the Twitch community. Like you can build these relationships like that. And we'll get yeah. into that more later on the DJ side of things. Right. Um, but yeah, so fast forward, I get this PC. I end up investing in a really nice camera or, a, you know, I got the Sony a 6,000. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's my rig now, a custom built PC running strictly just OBS and uh, Sony a 6,000. And what's the Sony? I hear a lot of people mentioning that Sony A six thousand. Why is that the like camera of choice for streaming? Is there a reason? I think because it's at that threshold. There's one that's above it. Like Eric Deluxe is using a sixty four hundred. I think. I think Vice is using that too, which is like the bigger brother, which shoots in four K, and that's the big difference. But it's also like a five or six hundred price jump. Right. But uh, the thing is, Twitch doesn't broadcast in 4K, so it doesn't really matter. And so right. si- the six the six thousand is like price friendly. You can find a used one for like under three hundred bucks. Oh wow! And and then you obviously got to run into a capture card. Yeah. And and you're set, and you're gonna have the cleanest look. Which capture card do you get. do you have? That's the only piece of equipment I haven't updated, and I have this like thirty dollar cheapo one off of Amazon. Those work have, though. I I have it works. Ex- I have the Elgato expensive one. I have this dope EVGA one that they just yep. gave me, but I have these eleven dollar USB ones I got off eBay, yep. and I was testing it even tonight, and they totally work. Yeah, they work. I mean, I've run into some issues with it, but we learned this little hack with it where if you take off the casing, um, it stops it from because i was getting these issues even on the pc i had the pc going i had the new camera they get super hot yeah and i was like my stream's gonna be flawless i do a stream and my thing just freezes and i was like Uh, oh my god not this all over again i just bought all this new equipment new laptop new dj laptop new pc new camera and then i'm getting frozen i'm like dude this streaming stuff i'm done with it and we've all hit that phase we're like this shit is everybody yeah and if you fight through it, you eventually get to a zone. Hopefully, even though there's always something that happens, that's just that's just what goes down with this stuff. Yeah, um, I know. But yeah, so I took the casing off of this and just been using this cheapo capture card, and it's been flawless, knock on wood, uh, for the past like two, three months. No nice. issues. I'll oh, even dope. float. Flowtron will look at like my stats and be like, "Oh, dude, your numbers look incredible." I'm like, yes. "That's crazy." <laughs> Yeah, it's like, so. are are all the other ones just overpriced? Like, what the hell? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. He he definitely has one in a shopping cart. He's like, this is the one you need to get when you're ready to like pull the trigger. Um, Which but one? For now, uh, it's it's an Elgato or an Elgato. I forget. The ca- probably the Cam Link 4K. I think so. Yeah, but it, it's an. Is that an internal one? Oh no, that's an external one. Okay, there's an internal one that he was kind of talking about. Oh but, okay. Um, I think it's by that same company. Probably, yeah. yeah. There's so, so many. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, right now, I'm not even worried about it. I'm, like, I'm locked into a nice little zone. <laughs> it's like, yeah. don't need to mess with it anymore just yet. 
Yeah, totally. And then you started implementing different stuff like these gifts. I see how like whenever you have like a drop in the song or whatever, yeah. like a good timing thing, you put in these crazy things that yes. that give it the energy. So it's not just, I feel like that's almost like a hack that DJs don't think about that. You don't have to have everyone watching you. If you don't, if you feel uncomfortable, utilize yeah. other stuff at first, play movies, play, play gifts, play animations, and then come back. Yes. You can give yourself a break, right? Yeah, no, that's, exactly why i did it i mean it was just like a test thing but i always knew when i was doing dj gigs like the more experimental gigs i always envisioned visuals with my stuff like that's in my mind i'm with music i'm very visual i always see something i feel something and so i knew i wanted to do that and streaming was the perfect place to do that right and i could do all me i had to rely on getting us a visual guy or waiting on someone to edit stuff i was just like me getting gifts and you can really get creative with just using gifs i guess they're called yeah i don't know i get corrected on that all the time no it's it's gif who says gif really oh flotron <laughs> says it's gif come on flo i'll battle you <laughs> oh he, he will accept that battle i guarantee it why would it be gif i i see i mean i know there's been the age-old thing but it, how would it be gif i don't know he, i just remember i said gif to him once and he was like hold up hold up that's you can't say that i was like oh okay <laughs> i mean the only way i can relate it is that I guess a giraffe is not called a giraffe. <laughs> so That's maybe, thought of it. maybe, yeah. but like it's, it's GIF. I mean, it's like if you're going to give someone a gift, you're not giving them a gift. That's it's true. G- I guess we have the giraffe gift battle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone write in your answer on the GIF gif. I feel like yeah, more people say GIF. comments. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll accept either one, whatever. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I've seen Flotron go at it with people in the chat. It's hilarious. <laughs> In so any funny. any any kind of like uh, engagement I can get going in the chat, I'll like lean into it and just be like, "Yes, like <laughs> no." He said it's this, and someone will be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you need that the the chat engagement argument over a pointless thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, any anything to get the chat going on Twitch is a good thing, I guess. I know, but I mean, it's been dope because, like you said, I mean, we met ten years ago or whatever, and I technically I, yeah. I didn't even remember till you told that story. But now I do kind of vaguely remember that whole thing, and I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we have that in our life. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I've gotten to know you a lot more through Twitch and. I've gotten to know your personality as well um, through your vocal talking personality, your your images, like you said, the gifs you pick or the gifs yeah. you pick or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. You even had one of my brother, which was so funny. It's literally it's literally my brother's head uh, being brother. morphed into things. Um, or my brother uh, goes by um, Jerry Paper. He, um, okay. And uh, my brother has made like these crazy YouTube videos of head animate of of their head uh, oh, animation. Is it the super like d- clear one where it's like his eyes are like coming out? Yeah, or like, and it going- was like it was like getting punched in the face and going in and out. That's literally Dude, that's one of my favorites. That's my brother's face, real face and head, and and they morphed it into. A whole crazy thing and you had it on and i'm like that's my brother and i think you wrote back lol but i'm like he doesn't realize like that's my real brother (laughs) i mean i don't think even like if you said that now on the stream i don't think i'd even put that together because it's such a wild visual you had it on your instagram too and i commented (laughs) <laughs> it's oh, so funny i gotta look back at that and see i'll, I'll show so you funny. i'll show you after but randomly that's, that, that's so true. i was like, like oh what? shit that's crazy 
That's crazy. So wait, they used his face and like some animator went in on that video or what? Yeah, that's from Adult I, Swim. I think it's from Adult Swim. He, yeah. uh, uh, my brother made it for Adult Swim, and Adult wow. Swim put it on their site. It's one of their. It's like a big. Yeah, it has like million something views. That's that's my vibe visually. Like right, 100%. I love all all the visual stuff you pick is dope. Yeah. I really like it. So yeah, and just to like real quick to kind of just finish up that that thought of doing yeah. The visuals. Yeah, like I always wanted to add visuals to my music, and so when Twitch came along, we were talking about how there's different approaches to how streamers stream. Some people just hit live, go on, and party rock. Some people talk a lot. Some people don't talk. Some people just do whatever. And so when I approach uh, Twitch and streaming, kind of if I was going to do my biggest gig where I get to finally do me, right? Yes. And I don't want to waste any time searching for songs. I want to have this whole strategy in place because if I'm only going to be on there for two hours and I now have a chance to get all these eyeballs on me that I've never got a chance to get, I want to put my best foot forward. Yeah, And so I was like, I'm not going to just be that DJ that hops on there and just freestyles. I'm going to put a whole set together, do all this prep. And the way I do it is, you know, every Monday I sit there and I probably dig for music for like anywhere from two to six hours. I'll just dig all day, getting old stuff, new stuff, listening to music, going through just digging, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll put that all in one folder and then come Monday night or Tuesday morning, I'll jump on my turntables and just pick one song that sounds like an intro. And I'll just kind of just start building blocks and build a chain from there. And along the way, at the same time, I'm, I have Jiffy up on my PC. And as I'm playing a song, I'll just type in some keyword that this song reminds me of and I'll see all the visuals that come with it. And while I'm listening to the song, I'll look at what like grabs my attention visually. Ah, okay. And so I create a folder for those visuals each time I'm building a set. And so I'll have them all in order. And so when it comes time to like, once I finish up the music portion of the set, then I go in on the visuals and tie that all in order. So they're all in this perfect order. So I know when to trigger them. And it's a lot of freaking work. Yeah, but it it pays off. I really see it and I like it. But wait, one question when you said you have Jiffy or Giffy or whatever it's up called up there. (laughs) Um, um, Is you're saying, how do you find those images? You were typing in something while you're playing a song or what are you searching for? So I do, I'll I'll do like, I'll start getting the foundation and the most important part for me is the music, right? Of course. So I'll, I'll come up with like, just songs that work together that I don't have to do like any crazy like routine with. And then I'll make sure within like every 10 songs, I do some kind of DJ trick or something or come up with a new idea, which is great because I can use it on the stream, but also it's something now I have in my bag to use once I'm live. And as DJs, we all have these routine and chunks of songs. That's like us, right? Like I learned it from AM, right? He has these just chunks of routines that he always does. Yeah. And so I've always built my sets like that part I leave open to just let me just play some dope music and do that and then let's dive into some more technical stuff wordplay scratching clever transitions and as I'm building these chunks I'm like okay this chunk is uh more like experimental dark trappy so I'll type in uh psychedelic visuals or psychedelic trippy weird just keywords and Got all it. these visuals pop up and since I'm very visual with music I just kind of wait for something to pop out at me and the more I do it 
the more I'm like, I can't think about it. Cause you can get lost just looking through visuals. I know. Right. Yeah. So I've been wait. trying to set up, I'm going to use a green screen. And I was yep. like, why did I do this to myself? Because it was already so hard organizing the music and getting that together. And I finally got it. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to build all the visuals or the back now in a video and a picture. But, but it's yeah. dope. I love it. I've gotten super into it. And I was on the Giphy or Jiffy site too, yep. getting uh, things that I can use. And I'm going to do, I'm going to implement my mag life uh, thing. My, all my funny faces. I feel like I've spent eight to 10 years recording myself around the world, doing stupid videos. I'm going to implement I've some follow, of it. I've been following those. I, I the, my favorite are the airport ones where you like yeah. take the magazine. <laughs> I have a whole now there's going to be, there's a whole thing on my Twitch. That's going to be a page of that. And then I have windows of it and I'm, I'm gonna, we'll see how it gets received, but I'm going to utilize all that stuff. I've been having to go back in my Instagram and re download it. Cause I don't even know where the videos are and then that's, editing oh, it yeah. together and final cut. I've, I've been trying to make one of all of them. It's insane yeah. how long I have hundreds. I didn't realize over the years. Oh, I bet. And I mean, that just, it, the thing with like the streaming thing is like anything's possible, which is great, right. but yeah. it's also like a problem too. Cause if you don't know how to lock into something and you spend right. all this time and then you end up just changing it and you're like, well, I just wasted two days of, I know, but that, it's like music stuff. production. You know, yeah, you would totally. never get to that point if you didn't try the 423 kick drums, you know, that you then ended up on the one that was just the cool one from there, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's almost and, the same. I, I can relate all of it, all of it, even the OBS and all of it to building like it's, it all relates back to DJing and like building a mixtape. And like yeah. you're saying, you know, even yeah. the visuals and the OBS and it's all this yeah. creative, it comes from the same place. Yeah, no, it really does. And yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of how I approach Twitch. And as yeah. far as I think something we should talk about is being on the mic. Because right. a majority of Twitch DJs, me being a prime example, I was the DJ that avoided the mic at the club every gig, even at yeah. a wedding or anything. I had the most stage fright with my voice on turntables. I'm all good. But when it yeah. came to talking, I was like, oh no, my I'm God. with you. I can relate to you. Even still to this day, I've been doing it forever and, and I still have problems with it. And I've developed so many techniques and I've been through so yeah. many experiences that have made me better. And, but same like and even at weddings to this day i'm like if i'm gonna do a wedding like yeah. i don't i don't like doing weddings but i'll yeah. if i'm gonna do it i'm like you get someone else to talk on the mic i'll just and i'm gonna do a dope set i'm not gonna do a wedding type set and i'm not gonna get on the mic so if yep. you want to hire I me say, <laughs> i say the same thing in all those emails i'm like just making sure you guys have an mc yeah and they're they always hit me back oh but can't you mc i'm like oh i'd rather not and i come up with these excuses like oh i need to focus on this and this and yeah uh, it's just but, easier for someone who's better at that and yeah and to be honest i don't want that pressure of them being like okay this guy really is not good on the microphone <laughs> oh dude i've been it i've done it and i've been horrible yeah. and i've done yeah. it at people's weddings or even when people put you under this pressure i mean i remember i did yeah. this crazy wedding and the guy was like i want you to remix i want you to compose all the music for our walk down ceremony and i was like oh, that's not really what i do but like i'll charge yeah. you more so i ended up doing it it was fun i had a remix and Aphex twin song and all this stuff and then he's like i want you to dj that part and we're like in mexico yeah. and i'm like i don't think i should dj you're like walking down the aisle thing like i've never and he's yeah. like no it's gonna be good it's gonna be good here's the list like you play this then this and this so easy you can't even mess it up of course i follow his list i do exactly what he said 
yo, you played the wrong song at the wrong oh, part. That's, that's the worst feeling <laughs> in the world. Fucked everything up. And I felt so bad. I'm like, yo, I, I mean, I literally did what you said. I don't know. But but yeah, so I think I, I'm with you. In that, yeah, we've all been in that position. I remember being, doing a wedding and he told me to announce like, do like do the announcements for when uh the couples would come down you know like the bridal party yeah and i did like the first one and he was like you need to talk louder and i was like okay and i did it again (laughs) and he was like give me the microphone i was like oh my god (laughs) like that guy hates me he literally was not he i forgot maybe he was a parent not even a parent he was like an uncle or something he literally took the microphone away from me and started to announce yeah but you know what i hate that guy because i've had that too too. it's like you know what go do your do your fucking mic thing i I know and i I always tell them they're like no i'm like i'm not good on the mic i'd rather have someone do it and they're like no you'll be fine And then they're like, there's someone there to talk shit to you. I know. Yeah. And then they give you the wrong instructions. And Always. I mean, what, it's like, I, I did this just one more little wedding, horrible fail story. But yeah. I remember doing this wedding and I know that like, I think one or two of the people were Jewish and I had barely done any weddings by this point. This was a long time ago and I was very just much an underground hip hop and club DJ. And yeah. so this was a specialized thing. And I kept saying, don't, do you guys want any kind of religious stuff like because i don't have it this isn't what i do so if you want it tell me what to get and also i can tell you the story off mike there's all these parts i can't tell but we were in the middle of nowhere where there's no internet so there was no way to get something at the time so they tell me download this album called bagels and bongos because we were like in the caribbean and they're like it's caribbean style jewish music which i'm like that's amazing but I'm like, okay, like, so this is very the, unique. Oh, yeah, but I'm like, is anyone going to want to hear this? It's the only, so it's the only thing I have. I remember I do the wedding, I play a song, and there and a grandma comes up and says, do you have any Jewish music? And I'm like, yeah. great, because yeah. the girl had told me, don't don't worry about it. No one's going to ask you for anything. So I go, oh, well, I have this. They, they asked me to play it. I play it. So mad. They're like, what is this? This is horrible. Was it like, was it like real. covers? Was it like yeah, covers? Yeah, it was like a Hava Nagila, but like a steel drum. I actually want to download it and play it on the str- probably, I'll play no, it on the Twitch tight. stream. Yeah. yeah. It's like four color Zach could flip it into something dope I was gonna probably. Say, send anything steel drums to Zach and he'll <laughs> yeah, come up with some idea. I'm sure he'll kill it. But I'm but it was not they did not want to hear that. And then I remember that led to me playing the one copy of Hava Nagila I had in my computer okay. and I I played it and they all started dancing and, and doing the chair and going in a circle. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. But I'm like, I, you know, I got nothing after this. So I remember <laughs> queuing up uh, Al Green or something or like, yeah, it was like, do, 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 like the yeah, guitar, love like love and happiness. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, all right, it's going to end. I'm going to put that on and I'll be back in my zone where I play cool shit. That's like funk yep. and people are going to love it. Oh my God. I put it on. The grandparents run over to me. What are you oh. doing? You need to play more Jewish music. And I'm like, I, that's the only thing I have. I put it back on and literally played it for another like 20 something minutes. Like every time it would end that part where it's like, dun, 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 I would be like, boom, dun, 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 dun. And then like after like 18 minutes, people are looking at me like, what's this guy doing? I'm like, I don't, I'm like sweating. Like, <laughs> Dude, those just, I, I feel nervous and anxious just you talking about it because we've all been in that position. It's the worst feeling in the world. You want to crawl into like a turtle shell uh, and disappear and quit DJing and just disappear from the world. I know. Like, and then I, it I ended up being great. Like finally they left me alone and it was the yeah. best thing ever. And the people that 
actually hired me had the greatest time and the grandparents left but it's like that's why weddings are it's so a nightmare like, it's so funny <laughs> that we decided to choose this career path knowing that like we get that kind of scrutiny and that just people bring the hammer down on us and don't care about it's the only like there's no other like uh career path where people just like come right at you and just be like so demanding and at you it's insane don't even care about how like anything Yo, else it's crazy i mean i got one one day i'm gonna get uh dj mr best on here he's one of my good friends and he does yeah. so many events and the things he's told me off mic are so hilarious like he's great at weddings and he can kill it but oh my god one he one time it was bad and the the bride ended up crying and like <laughs> it was like the funniest and it was not his fault it was like but yeah. it was the funniest story ever i mean it's just there, yeah. there just comes a point where you know yeah. what it's like if you talk shit to me i'm gonna talk shit back to you i don't even care if it's your I wedding know, i know <laughs> and it's it sucks because the people that always say like give you the rules are usually the bride and groom which are like untouchable and they're so cool yeah yeah they're always so cool and it's the fa- and i know it by now but that's the people you got to worry about is the family members i know they're the curveballs and they right. always hit you with everything that the bride and groom said don't worry about that is always what they come at you with like, yeah Yo, and then they're drunk on. like yelling in your face and you're like i didn't sign up for this <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> all right the so worst. wedding dj life <laughs> yeah yeah um, we've all been there <laughs> but um but they pay pretty good so we they we, do we i get know. in there <laughs> i could um, use a couple of those checks right now <laughs> i know well that's interesting i mean i don't know if that's something you want to talk about but i yeah. i do see twitch being People are making money off of it. Like you said, you got you got the unemployment to get you through. Has Twitch been a thing that can help you through that? Or is it something that maybe is just a nice help and but can lead to more things in the future? Like I wonder Yeah, no, that's I think that's a great question. And now I'd say uh, you know, once I became, you know, so with Twitch, for the people that don't know, you start off as a regular user streaming, and then once you reach a certain uh, benchmarks, you get to an affiliate. Um, and uh, you you know this but affiliate you can yeah. start getting uh, uh, paid and you can That's, monetize yeah, your channel as, exactly as an affiliate is when you can get subscribers you can't get it before exactly then. and and yeah and so um, I didn't I got affiliate maybe I don't know four five months ago probably four months ago and so I was doing that and I started seeing a little bit and I was like oh this is cool you know a few hundred dollars here and there um, and then. At the same time, though, I was building up the stream, so things were starting to rise. And then um, I became partner, which was like an incredible thing. And at the time, I didn't even realize how big of a deal. I mean, I knew it was a big deal, but the love and support I got once I made a, a reach that, I was like, "Damn, this is this is like a real thing." Like, technically, it's like a professional streamer in a sense. Yeah. And so that's when once I reached that, I was like, "Okay, I'm going all in with the streaming thing." And I already loved it, but this really like put me over the edge. And so I've been partner for probably two months now. Nice. And you get a little bit bigger cut um, percentage-wise of all the revenue that you make off Twitch. Okay. But yeah, I mean, to as of like last month, uh, Twitch is pretty much even with what I was making uh, off gigs. But Really? Yeah, but I'm at home. But I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get like too hyped up on that because yeah, it's it can be really inconsistent. You know what I mean? There's some nights, and, and not even with numbers. What's crazy with Twitch is you can have 100 people in there or get a big raid and have 500 people in there and still get low sub numbers. I've had 30 people in there. Like, for example, 
my craziest night on Twitch. I had maybe no more than 50 people in there. And one of the homies came through and I, uh, Twitch homie, someone I just met in the chat on Twitch, maybe from like the Eric Deluxe stream or something. Right. Twitch and homie. Dude, Twitch homie. Yeah. Kwan. <laughs> big time. Tw- yeah, exactly. Big time Twitch homie. This dude comes in there and drops a hundred subs. Damn. In one go. Damn. And I was son. like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like going on Twitch and looking at how much a hundred subs cost. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, this what dude, is that? Five hundred bucks or something? Five hundred bucks, damn, like, dude. This guy is serious. And what's crazy is he had dropped a hundred, a hundred piece in Twitch lingo in uh in Eric's deluxe, uh, Eric's deluxe, Eric's stream earlier that night. Wow. It's like, so there's there's ballers on Twitch, and it's kind of like what I uh, it's like the equivalent of being the bottle service dude that like <laughs> in that club that's just like I know get him another bottle. It's that it's that those kind of people. I know, I know, which it's is so, so dope. Yeah, it's super dope. But, but there's a community behind it. It's not just someone trying to ball out for whatever reason. Like they obviously love what you're doing, and it's really cool that you never met them before, but they support you to the point that they're willing to do that, whether they have the money or not. They still are showing like that's real love, real community. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so, yeah, now, I mean, as of like the past two months, I'm like, this Twitch thing has some legs. And so I'm just going to keep, keep at it and see what can happen. But yeah, it's, it's become, it's become all right. I'll say it's not like, it's nothing crazy. It's, you know, I still can't wait to do like real gigs and get back into the swing of things and hopefully use this, uh, this rec attention or these more relationships that I've got through Twitch, which I've been trying to reach in 10 years of DJing all of a sudden it happens in a few months. I hope I can turn that into something after things start to open back up, whether that's a year from now, two years from now, which that's where, that's where it's really going to come down to. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean that that's that was sort of what I was getting to as as well. Is that that that's so interesting though that you're making a cool amount of money and who knows if people will not be on Twitch as much once once we're back in whatever that means. But like, yeah, right. or will there be a way you can do a few gigs and do a few Twitch gigs and make it even better? You know, and yeah. have a new revenue streams for us going forward as djs where we're not as worried about something like this happening again um yeah you know or maybe we can be yeah yeah go ahead oh no i was okay and then also like you're saying the the digital networking leading to the real life connections and and then being able to collab in the future you know who knows end up getting remix jobs or getting gigs or all types of things have happened i mean i've seen you become friends with um five and deluxe and a lot of the headliner guys and and then be on Diplo's Sirius XM station and doing a set on Headliner and then doing a guest set yeah. on here. And all of that yeah. came from just Twitch, right? All this stuff. And, you know, I've even yourself, even this conversation yeah. is happening because of Twitch. Exactly. Us just on there. And I was like, yo, you should come on. And then, yeah, it ends up yeah. working out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky that I was, it's kind of like I was just in the right place at the right time. I decided to do something just purely for the love of DJing and it turned out to be something really cool. That's and great. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, you have uh, all these DJs and in industry people now stuck at home and can go to any gig 
at just by hopping on their laptop. Yeah. So if you really think about it, like this is your chance. If you're a DJ trying to get noticed, like this is the time to do it because you get your foot in the door. And as we all know as DJs, and I know we talked about before is like, I had the hardest time breaking out of this local bubble. And even with within the local DJ scene here, I was struggling trying to get certain gigs at the, the, you know, the best places in local, in my local scene. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like you couldn't break into these circles of DJs. You couldn't really, unless you were already like a part of this agency or friends with so-and-so or proved yourself through winning big battles or whatever it might be. And now like all of a sudden it just all came in a few months. And because like just less people, DJing and it's all on the internet and now you have all these eyeballs on you and people are starting to see that there's other dope DJs out there that may just been kind of like very low key before for whatever reason. Yeah. Or we just were unable to see, you know, like I would come to San Francisco once a month and DJ at Love and Propaganda and I would see, oh my God, this person's here, this person's, oh, I want to go to this, 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 this. I would want to go, if I could, to 20 clubs that night, yeah. as well as go to my own job that I had to go to, which was, and my own show that I had to go put on. So it was like, I never got to see anybody. So to be able to just click around and see and get a good feeling for it, especially when they're in their house and they can really portray who they are. Um, yeah. And you can see who's putting in the work. Like, it's the same. Like, I've done gigs where there's four people, but I would still put, I, like even before this lockdown thing, that was advice I would give. Like, give yeah. it your all. Come in there super prepared. Even if you're just DJing for four people, do your dopest stuff yep. because you don't know if one person's in there. And the same yep. way you're doing it on the stream too. You know, you could have 4,000 people and nothing happened. You could have four people and something could happen. Or you have Eric yeah. Deluxe watching you and then he gets you in on this. Or, you know, who yeah. knows? So, And yeah, it's funny because no, we're all in there. We're all fans of DJing. Like, I've popped into all these DJ streams that are... I guess smaller DJs or something, and and then I'll be like, "What up?" And like they're like, "Wait, that's not Spider." And I'm like, "No, I I'm just here. I love DJing. I'm just yeah. you know, like I'm just supporting, and and it's dope. Yeah. And I'm getting inspiration from you, and yeah. you know, it's like we're all in this together." Yeah, and I think it was it on um, the episode you had Four Color Zach where he talked about uh, Twitch or this whole pandemic thing for D- the DJ industry being like the great equalizer or something um, like that. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about that on a ton of them, but yeah, um, it is. I mean, yeah, I think we talked about it that because I mean, world famous bedroom DJ, we're all in the yeah. same place right now. Yeah, and like, I mean, I see DJs that are, you know, well-known DJs locally and in the nation or whatever, and, you know, they are still don't have crazy stream numbers, and you're seeing other guys that are just kind of figured out the streaming thing early being able to grow, and like, you're just seeing that, like, just the, the everything, tables yeah. are turned. You know what? Something else I never really thought about, too, is it's way more equal on the gender uh, footing, in a way. There's... I think, I mean, maybe I just follow, but I follow a lot of female DJs and male DJs, you know? And I actually I, think the girl, D, like the female DJs are killing it, killing it on Twitch. Killing it. I know. Every, every female DJ I follow has like 300 plus yeah. always in their stream. And they're dope. And, they're so into it. They're thinking about all these different things. And like, yeah, I mean, like shout out to Bella Fiasco. Like she has an amazing stream and yep. she's another relationship that I, that we, you know, I obviously knew who she was, um, 
from just being in LA and hearing about her doing all these clubs. But once I saw her on Twitch, we started connecting and like built this relationship. And now she's like a Twitch friend where yeah. <laughs> this is what we're calling it. And it's just super dope to see these DJs that you heard about and they're killing it and they're doing their stream thing and they're doing them. And it's not just the music, it's their personality. It's like so much deeper. And yeah, man, like another one is Umami. She's killing yep. it too. Yeah. JM Cam, another yeah. one. So that's kind of an interesting aspect I never really thought about, but that it's giving equal footing to the gender race among DJs, which was always so ruled by guys in a way. You know, it's like, you know, people just refer to DJs as guys off default you know like and then it's like he said this like well at this point no there's a lot of not guy djs so yeah i know and it's dude it's so dope to see yeah it's i never even thought about that until now me either i would say half the streams i'm in are female djs yeah and i love it i'm in yeah i'm in umami stream like every week uh oh uh nudes noodles uh dj yeah um of course caper and then people i've never even heard of and that girl yeah. DJ Mish, I think. I just random oh, ones. I'm just yeah, finding yeah, yeah. too. I, yeah, yeah. And um, that before we like switch the topic, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about Twitch a lot because that's how this <laughs> yeah, whole but, thing formed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but probably uh, people at home want to hear other stuff. But I know it's yeah, like definitely. all life, all DJ life right now is Twitch or figuring out something else to do. <laughs> right. Um. But the reason I I got the snowball effect uh on twitch was yeah. eric deluxe f- found my stream on the recommended channels okay and i i'd had a couple like bigger djs like tap into my stream before kind of like early on like i think four color zach came through a couple streams when i was still on my phone yeah and i remember just being like so ashamed i was like oh this guy has like an amazing he would just started getting his stream going he hit the ground running right he just had amazing everything yeah and and he was in there and i was like oh my god like i don't have the right setup and i was so like just ashamed after i was like god i didn't do my best <laughs> um, but anyways like yeah, Eric Deluxe came in there, and then after that, he's hit me up, and he's that's when he talked about the Diplo thing. He told like Headliner about me, and it just the snowball effect started happening. Then Vice started coming in the stream. Then you started coming in the stream, Steve Wonder, um, and that's how I was able to accelerate to partner because Eric was like, "Yo, we need to get this guy partner," and so he linked me with the Twitch. Shout out Anil. He linked me with Twitch, and Anil's kind of like their A and R rep. Um, right. At, at twitch and he was like okay we need to get you set you we need to set you up i see you're taking this seriously um let's get you going and so i wanted to send a big shout out to them because i wouldn't be where i am without them you know looking out for me yeah that's huge and i crazy. think it's it's big that their web that the that company does that because no other site is really doing that i don't think yeah what other site can you like be in contact with their with them and Nothing. talk to them even like on a personal level i'm like now friends with anil and we like text and talk we're like homies it's crazy yeah. i know it's, crazy. it's it's so dope yeah huge shout yeah. to anil and yeah. everybody that's part of that music group over there you know i know there's a whole team of them so yeah i think uh tiger tiger mom tiger mom toy yeah she's she's yeah. super cool and then there's some other yep. people so yeah i mean i'm excited to keep getting to know them and and launch my thing and it's just great how they've helped you out and and all kinds of other djs and they want to see music flourish and grow on the on the site i know it's a first platform i feel where they want their users to genuinely succeed 
Yeah. They really put all the tools in place for you to succeed. They take a pretty hefty chunk, but it's, it's like, it's, I understand why, like they have so many other benefits that make you like, like this is the only place or something like that this to live. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, they do take a chunk, right? They take half of it, but I mean, yeah, wh- I don't, you know, unless you're building your own platform, like yeah, DJ there's nothing Scratch. else. Out, there's nothing else out there than, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So it se- seems yeah. like a good way to go. And then what you you mentioned your music organization before. Um, I know that um, you've been as you've been going, you've been like. Um, sort of uh, i guess more structuring your schedule and structuring your themes for your streams um because before you would just sort of be all over the place which i really love but i know that you were like i'm gonna do a left field stream i'm gonna do this kind of stream this kind of you know for each night um how do you you know i guess you could tell us about that but but besides that like what's your process of organizing your music in serato so you can be ready for the specific thing and feel confident and be able to just murder it or if they put you on the front page or you know just be ready for it which that did happen and i got front page when i was literally i had two songs left to play (laughs) i had been playing for three hours all of a sudden i get a raid from uh we are fade eric deluxe and dj5 (laughs) gotta be ready yeah and this was like just when i was starting to like get the hang of things and all of a sudden i see fpe fpe just all in the chats i'm like what the hell does this mean? The chat's going crazy. I see FPE and then someone spells it out, says front page energy. And I like my stomach dropped. I was like literally on the mic saying like, yo, I'm about to be done. Thank you for the raid. Like, okay, I'll play like another 30 minutes or something like that. And then Anil's like, yo, look at your phone. And I look at my phone and I look at the viewers and I went from like 50 viewers to 7,000. And I was like, literally was like started shaking i started sweating i stopped talking on the microphone i was like it it was a it was a weird night but as djs you know when we get put in a weird position or on the spot i feel like we've worked at this long enough to be able to just do our thing and improvise and make it work and that comes into the music organization thing right that's Um, a that's why you want your music organized you know yeah so so about the organization thing about two years ago i was so fed up with doing gigs and not being able to find music and i'd been collecting music on a computer since 2008 right yeah and i still have songs from that time so up until now um so at 12 years of downloading mp3s it's just gotten out of control and (laughs) it's a hot topic right all us djs are asking each other yo how do you do this how do you label how do you create do you use crates what do you do i know and so i just started tinkering around i was like okay what works for me when i'm djing what do i think of what's my thought process and it's different for everyone and i started to notice that like if when i hear a song it reminds me of another song as it does for most of most of us djs yeah so the way i organize music First, I started deleting all this music I don't play. I just literally went through every crate one by one and would delete, leave a note where I left off, start the next day, delete, and just go through my entire library. Yeah. Um, so I, I did know, that. It's like I have all my shit in iTunes and Serato. So when I delete it, 
I have to do it out of both somehow. It like makes it so annoying. Well, that's the thing. I got lucky where I had a system crash uh, early in my Serato days and someone told me about, hey, don't use iTunes because it's like a middleman. Just use folders. I wish, I wish. And so <laughs> I even scrap, right? And I mean, it's still a lot of people swear by iTunes, but I... No, I, I want to get off it. I think that's the move too, especially because yeah. we hear this talk about iTunes going away or whatever, but who Right, knows? and it's just easier for to streamline and to work your workflow with yep. the erasing or adding, you don't have to have that extra thing because now it's locked in my iTunes and I have to do control Apple R and find, find it, it and yep. delete it and then do it. And then it's red and then I have to get the, re- it's like, yo. And you know, it's funny. Like you can command, command delete is the shortcut to delete a song out of a crate or out of your Serato library, but it keeps it on your computer. A lot of right. people don't know this, which is weird. But if you don't use iTunes, if you do Command Shift Delete, it deletes the track from Serato straight into your trash. Oh, I didn't know that. But you can only do that if you don't use iTunes. Right. When I use iTunes, I push that, and it's just like no, nah, nothing. It'll stay on your computer. Delete out of Serato. You won't be able to find it in Serato, but you'll find it in iTunes and on your computer. Right. I don't even think you can de- delete it out of Serato. I think it's just oh, that's right, because it probably has there. the iTunes mark. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, so yeah, so I just remember having that issue when I was using Scratch Lab and I was like, damn, why can't I just del- use only Serato, use that for everything and delete straight out of there? I don't right. need this extra step. I know. Yeah. So, I, so how do you so, organize it now? So yeah, I, after I cleaned out majority of my shit, like I'm still doing it, but um, did a big delete, and got rid of all that stuff. And now I rely on um, the genre section. Mm-hmm. not only do i type the genre what it is i type elements in that song that remind me that i know will work with other songs so say it's like a new club song that has like some live boom bap hip-hop style drums right yeah. i'll even put like boom bap in the genre because right. i know when i type in boom bap it'll bring up 90s boom bap uh new stuff that has any kind of drums like that soul stuff that has drums like that and now i have this like creative improvisation like method where i can really just kind of like type that in and know that mostly songs are going to kind of have something similar to work together yes and so yeah that's That's huge no that's so smart and it's funny because i would always try to do that i'd be like i need to keep the genre simple but put it in the comments and then i realized actually during quarantine as i've been going through why don't i just put everything in the genre who cares it doesn't matter it's all the same you wherever you put it it's going to all show up when you type it in i know sure i'm sure there's way with like smart crates or like some other way where it's better to do it in certain things but i still use the comment section for more detailed stuff like yeah I'll put in the comment section after I do genres and subgenres, and I get deep. My genre will be like eight genre, like keywords in the genre yeah. thing. And then I'll go over to comments, which is literally the next column over and I'll have it be like creepy vocals or dark and mysterious, like super detailed. So I know, cause that's vibe stuff. I know anything dark and creepy <laughs> will all show up as like a similar vibe. Yeah. And so not only for when I'm DJing out live and I need to come up with these ideas, but also when I'm building sets at home, now it just makes me more efficient and much faster. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, we're not in a genre world anymore. We're totally. in a vibe world now. You know what 100% I mean? 100% vibe. It's, it's just more about the vibe. It doesn't matter. There is no genre. I mean, you can have it, but but it's just, that's the way it works in the world and in the in the you know, meet yeah. people list streaming world, but also as a DJ. But I mean, streaming as in like listening to Spotify or BeatSource or whatever, or listening yeah. to 
uh, or being a DJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think organization is probably like the number one thing you got to focus on nowadays because you're talking about so many songs, so many files. And the way I always explained it, I was thinking about this the other day, is like, imagine you're like a handyman and you go to a job and you have all your tools in your truck and they're just everywhere and you need to fix something that's say a pipe burst and you need to fix it, but you're in the truck like, oh, where's my wrench? Like you can't be efficient like that. And same with songs and crates. Like you need to be able to know exactly where that tool is. So you can go exactly to that second drawer on the right side and all your wrenches and screwdrivers are there or whatever. That's a perfect way to put it. Cause that's what I like when I have like all my vinyl records, like I look at them and they're unorganized and I'm like, there's dope shit in there and I could do a dope set, but it's so unorganized that exactly. It's almost like having a storage space just full of yeah. junk and you're like i know there's good things in here but i, yeah. I I'm, I'm unable to even work with it i like yeah. the handyman analogy because it's it's the truth like yeah you could be amazing and razor sharp and, and quick or you could just be really bogged down and slow and it'll kill your motivation and make it not even fun yeah and the anxiety i get when i'm trying to look for a song that i know i have and i can't think of literally will throw my entire vibe off for the night I'll just I be know. so upset at myself being like, I, I play this song every day at home. Why can't I think of this? You know, and you're in what that club environment. That? I, There's a I, lot of pressure. Like I'm with you. I know exactly what you mean with that weird mental state. Like it's so hard. I've had it. My whole DJ career has been yeah. an exercise in <laughs> mind control and just trying to not let outside factors affect me yep. for more than the time that it's happening. And just, be, get in that zen meditative mind state because i've had whole nights ruined live and yep. you know not because you just get thrown off by that one person or that one song or that one thing or the thing with yep. your computer and i mean it's still i'm not perfect it happens to me still but yeah. i've had to learn and just get you know get in there yeah, it's crazy no, totally i'm the same type of person like any weird thing if i get a weird text message where like say my wife is like struggling with our daughter at home and i'm at the club like djing i feel like i literally can't get into my shit i i'm the type of dude where you know when i'm in a bad mood you know when i'm in a good mood i just can't help it right i know same and so like those little things or like you know a drunk person come and talking shit saying like i've had people we've all some dudes come up to me and just like Boo, boo, yeah. thumbs oh, up right God. in my I hate face. That. I hate that. And I'm like, dude, you need to get smacked right now. But, you know, I we, know. Have to, we have a job to do and, you know, we got to represent whatever business we're in and try yeah. to be professional. But I wonder if Twitch is going to turn into that. I've seen it in the past the two. No, the uh, when are you going to play my song thing? I gave you $5 or whatever. Like, you know, I've seen it happening happen. yeah. in the past two weeks a lot. Like there was people in Z- Four Color Zach stream and he was oh, getting to the yeah. point where he's like, all right, 10 subs, 50 subs, you know, because they're like, we want this, we want this. And then like as is was telling me a story about. That's the one I was um, going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. About someone bothering him. And he's like, I felt like I was in real life again because that some tweet, guy gave me the tweet, money. Yeah. And he, well, he told me the story, I guess, like on text. I didn't even read the tweet. I gotta, I gotta, um, see it, but he's a San Jose native too. Um, yeah, which is so funny because he's from San Jose, a very similar story to me and you where I knew him way back in the day because we both used to skate and there's a small local, uh, skate shop called go skate 
that used to be uh, over here in San Jose. I don't think they're around anymore. Not here at least. Um, And he worked there and he's older than me. And so I worked there, but not like as an employee. I was like the dude who would like do rant, go get them whatever they needed to get. I don't know. Subway sandwiches or some shit. Yeah. That's a good job though. You end up networking with everybody. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I got free decks. Like it was a dream come true. That's great. Um, But obviously I didn't DJ back then. I don't think he was even DJing, but yeah, I remember him from back then and we didn't really have our first conversation until Twitch happened. No, I was literally in on his stream one day because he finally got on Twitch and I was like, I was kind of like not heckling him, but I was like saying like random facts about San Jose and go skate. And I'd be like, I remember when you used to like clown me at go skate and he was like, wait, who are you? And we had this conversation and we ended up like, he put the pieces together, figures out who I am. And then now we're like best buds. We FaceTime all the time. And he's like, dude, that's so crazy. I remember when you were a little Grom, like all this stuff. What? That's crazy. I saw you guys talking on there and I figured you just kind of knew each other from back then. That's so nuts. Oh, he's the homie. I, I love him. We've been friends forever. And I met him. Uh, he would, he opened for me at wet in San Jose. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah, that place. I, dude, oh, totally. That's, that's yeah, of course. You know, it's, it's funny. Like, I never stepped foot in there, but I, it was crazy. It. Really yeah. crazy. Is it bottle service? Like all that. Oh my vibe? God. Yeah. But it was nuts. I mean, it was massive. It was huge yeah. theater, but also just a lot of crazy things happen in San Jose. Yes. San Jose so, is, San Jose is an interesting place. I mean, it's the heart of tech, but uh, there's, some amazing artists that come out of here. Like, for example, we were talking about influences earlier. One yeah. of those influences, Ruckazoid. Yeah. Which um, I was lucky to meet through Tico. And he was actually the guy who spearheaded the whole uh, Controller One invention. Right. That yeah. He's, he's like a innovator. Genius, crazy. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was like a, a big inspiration there um that's dope yeah that's san jose's like that it has these like these gems and it's kind of just so tucked away that people kind of forget about it because san francisco's right there yeah and like it would be some crazy fights and shit like that like outside oh san jose is yeah is is very sketchy especially when it comes to like the club club scene like wet like trace gringos um i had one of the craziest experiences ever at some spot called like studio eight or something oh yeah dude that's the one of the that's literally the biggest probably the biggest club club in downtown san jose oh man that was crazy whatever it was like the owner i got in the biggest fight i've ever gotten in with like an argument with a club owner like live during my set in my life i think that was the spot it was like a woman like a blonde woman i forgot her name but I don't know. I think I've told this story on another podcast. I'm not I've trying to talk shit, but, but no, right. yeah, no. Well, long story short, it was just, I had gotten hit up. Like someone hit me up. Like she hit me yeah. up like, Hey, we want to book you for this club. I was like, all right, cool. They fly me up. And I remember I got in the car with her and, and immediately she had like a weird attitude with me, like very, very mean and condescending and strange. Yeah. I was like, this is weird. And she was like, and just very that like, undercover racism kind of talk of like yeah we only play top 40 here and i'm like oh yeah like well you know but hip-hop is top 40 you know it's like well no we don't play hip-hop you know it was like yeah yeah. uh, uh, like that everything you said she had something to say about like yeah and then it all went down like i i dj'd and you know i think i was up above everyone i was in like this little like 
birdhouse thing looking down at everybody and i remember i'm playing and i was playing what i don't know like teo cruz dynamite like very yeah. top 40 ish stuff maybe i yeah. mixed in a couple of hip-hop songs but that's what was on the yeah. radio and i mean she would just say crazy things to me like like disrespectful type shit like you know like i told you not to play this shit like but the way she was talking to me was pretty crazy and i just Damn. remember i went uh I, I just looked at her and I was like, look, you called me. You booked me. I don't yeah. need this shit. I will yeah. leave if you keep talking to me like this. And she's like, yeah. you you know, she kind of like threatened me again. Yeah. And it was like the greatest feeling ever because oh. I just took my computer and no looked way. at her and just closed it. And then the music stopped and the whole club went, boo. You know, like everybody yeah. was packed like front to back. Oh, that's a, and her that's face turned club. all yeah. her face turned all red. And she's like, uh, turn it on turn it on and i was like no i go i'm you you know you're, you're talking you shit to me yeah, i'm yeah. in control of this and then she's like i'm gonna sue you and then she goes she locks herself in the office and starts trying to call she was like calling the police and then calling my manager and she's like i'm gonna sue you and da, da, da. And i remember i hit my manager and i was like yo did we get the money and you were like they were like yeah and i was like all right and then i ended up going having the craziest blowout argument with her i just told her the truth like you can't talk to people yeah. like that uh, you know like wait what okay so what happened so you you shut your computer I, she I left bounced. to the back room you left the club or i bounced. Just- I, I i ended up getting in the back room again back there and getting in a big argument with her and telling her just exactly what i thought like you can't yeah. talk to people like this i yeah. don't need this in my life yeah. i'm out so I just yeah. like took my shit and left the music wow. off, everyone booing and the opening or who I felt bad, but whoever was yeah. the other DJ had to like go crazy and try to get it on. And I left and then like, it, it was crazy. And then I remember seeing all these Damn. people outside after and they're like, yo, she's the meanest person. We're so glad you did that. <laughs> like, like, okay. Now I feel a little bit better. Because, yeah. I, I mean, mean, to do that, I mean, you got to really be pushed to the edge, especially very, being a professional. Very nice. I've never, yeah. I don't think I've gotten an argument with hardly anyone in that situation, but it was, I uh, know. it was pretty serious. But yeah, San Jose, uh, sorry, we're going off on a tangent of San no, Jose. No, but. <laughs> I, I love tangents. Um, but yeah, I've had some amazing, good and bad experiences there, but that, that made for a really good story, at least. Yeah, um, I know some of those experiences, they suck in real time, but later in life, you're so it, glad you went through them because it's, yeah, it's a so story to tell. good to look back on, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you um, know, San Jose is kind of known for that. So, uh, don't, yeah. don't beat yourself up. Obviously you're not, but <laughs> no, I don't care. I mean, yeah. obviously never have worked with her again or gotten booked again, good. but <laughs> yeah. That's life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, what else? I mean, we had so much stuff we wanted to talk about. I know, like, um, you know, like you mentioned, you have a kid. I have a kid. We're both dad, DJ, life, and yeah. we have wives. Um, yeah. And I, I know that this whole thing has thrown everything out of whack. Um, I didn't know if you had any, like, tips to the people like that that have families of, like, work-life balance because it's been hard for me to even be able to do all this stuff and even get my streaming started and be a good dad and husband and all this stuff like yeah what's your trick to being able to do your three streams a week and and balance everything and it's very ambitious to do three and i was hesitant but once i saw like i was talking about earlier once i saw that there was like a little bit of money to be made on this thing i was like i need to make this full time right and it's been full time hour wise on the back end with all the prep and learning and everything. Yeah. Um, but as far as like going live, I before this I was doing one, two days a week max. And okay. I'm like, that's just not enough. 
And, you know, I didn't want to be the dude that went on every day either because I put a lot of prep into it. And so right. I was like, three three days with three different vibes is perfect. I get to show my range. I still get time to put my prep in. But then I also get balanced with family time. Yeah. And I don't got to do all my gigs on the weekend like I used to before. Yeah. So now I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I have the weekends open to do whatever. I know. Um, still spend a lot of time on Twitch because that's very important when you're a streamer to also be involved in the community. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like going out and supporting someone's party. Exactly. You're going to their thing and, and just supporting them like that. That's the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah. But as far as being like a, a husband and a dad to a two-year-old, it's obviously crazy and there's no secret sauce. Really, it's just less sleep and yeah. lots of coffee. Yes. And I and and really like focusing in and working hard. And I thought I worked hard. I thought I knew what hard work was until this pandemic hit because now it's like I'm running my own business and the only way to make money is if I'm putting in that work. And so I'm I literally stay up until 5 a.m. every single night. Once I put my daughter down, she goes down between anywhere from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., depending. Yeah. Um, from, let's say, 10 p.m. till 5 in the morning, I'm prepping stream stuff. Wow. So I'm on the turntables, on the computer, coming up with visuals, coming up with concepts, coming up with ideas. Um, and I do that pretty much. I don't take a day off. I do that seven days a week. So I'm always prepping for the next stream. Oh, damn. Um, and then and during what, the day. Sleep from like 5.30 to 10 five, or something? <laughs> but yeah, I wake up around 10. Um, and thank God my daughter sleeps in. So she'll wake up around anywhere from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Or I mean, 10 a.m. Right. Um, yeah. So she'll, so I'll get at least four hours, which I'm oh good and I'm willing to put that extra work in now. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, I'll wake up. I spend the first half of the day with her because my wife works from home, but she has a full-time job. She's in finance. Oh, oh Wow. Yeah. And so luckily I have a separate studio from the house. So I'm able to like lock myself in and be loud and do whatever I need to do. Okay. Um, but yeah, during the day I'm mostly on daddy duty. Um, but what's cool is like, I'll have her in the studio. She'll have her toys. She'll be able to do her thing. I'm kind of multitasking, digging for music, mostly organizing music, always, always doing stream prep all day. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Sundays are family days. So like today we'll pick a place we want to go, whether it's the beach or a restaurant we want to try. Obviously we get takeout, but still like we get out of the house, we get in the car yeah, and we'll go drive. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I de definitely got to have a balance there and it's definitely shifted. I wish I could obviously be with her more, but they, my wife is super supportive and, and kind of noticed that, okay, this is a real thing and is willing to support me through this. So big shout out to her because she's amazing for putting up with this because it's nonstop. Yeah. And so yeah, that's, that's really how it works. That's the secret sauce is just staying up and putting in that work and being hyper-focused when you're doing it really. Right. And so does that go hand, like you're very consistent. Like does that go hand in hand with that? Just like, and it, if you were going to give advice on, on how to remain consistent, is that just sort of in the same bag just do it yeah yeah and the way the way like i work is once i get the ball rolling i can't stop it because if i stop it then i have to cut it out i have to go in i'm like i'm the all-in dude right yeah if i do something i got to go all the way in so that's how i approach this and i'm like okay i got this momentum if i start like 
going to bed early and getting like all this rest. I'm going to get too comfortable and like it too much. So it's like, I can't do it ever because I, then I'll get, I'll like it too much, you know? Well, I like it. That's the hustle mentality. It is, but I so. mean, it's going to show, it shows through, you know, who makes it and who doesn't, you know, you got to put in that, that work, you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. So we'll see. But the thing is like we were talking about earlier is, you know, this streaming thing could start to phase out once people go back to work and things open up and people, the, just the, the eyeballs and people aren't on their computer as much. Right. Um, and so hopefully that's when gigs start to open back up and you start getting out there. And so hopefully my goal is to finally be able to start booking bigger gigs, break out of this local scene and yeah. cr- continue on this like dj path that i've been trying to be on for the past 10 years you know i i think yeah that's a great plan and i think you're on your way with it you know um you're getting to know everybody through this and and when it opens back up i mean or as it slowly gradually opens back up or whatever the process is um you know you'll be you'll be part of it yeah exactly and i think that was a downfall for me like one now that i look back in hindsight I wasn't able to go to all these nightclubs and stuff and, do, right. and be a part of that because I was always the person that's like, I'm going to stay home and practice. Like I'm always going to get better, better and better. And so I was right. really bad at building relationships. Like I, the relationships I had, I was great at like, you know, keeping up with them and, and spending time with those people. But yeah. as far as like being out there and socializing, going out like three or four nights a week, I was never that dude. Cause I was like, I want to be on the turntables. Like it's hard. And then you have a family too. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, what can you do? I mean, you, you really have 24 hours and you, that's it. And so you got to do your best with that, that time slot. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there any things that like you, uh, have learned like through this time that you think you'll take, you know, once, once we're back, I guess I, I keep yeah. saying that, but I don't even know what that means. But I know, I, I know people <laughs> like say back to normal and I stopped saying that because yeah. like, there is no, I mean, I guess a better, yeah, I guess a better way to say it is like, um, have you learned any lessons this year that you would implement yeah. in your life going forward <laughs> and also lessons from your DJ career and yeah. advice like of stuff that you wish you knew before that you could pass on to people that are listening? Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it was like the importance of these relationships and really like putting in the time to like build these relationships, you know, cause they're, yeah. you're only going to get what you put into them, you know? And like, I, I just didn't really have that down and didn't know what it really took to do that. And I always heard like in other DJ podcasts, they would talk about like the top three things to be a successful DJ number one was always relationships. Number two was like marketing and branding. And like number three was skills. (laughs) So I always had it flip-flopped. I was always skills, then maybe marketing and then maybe relationships because I just kept a tight-knit group. Yeah, I I know. I know. Same. I'm with you. And and plus when when you come from a place of really loving music and really loving scratching and DJing and these things that you're going to do no matter what, you know, so then that, ends up taking precedence and it's hard to switch it around and realize, okay, there's other things I have to do. Otherwise Mm -hmm. this is just going to be my hobby. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other second thing I would say, and it's like, these are some crazy like secret sauce tips, but from my experience, like really uh, sacrificing and putting in that extra work and like, you know, whether it's getting less sleep or, 
stop watching shows or whatever it is that you're doing where you could be doing what you want to be doing. If you really want to do it, like you can put those hours in and you can see results from it. You just got to do it and be consistent with it. It's not like going to happen in a few months. It could, but you never know. You just got to keep on going at it. And eventually you see these little peaks and in these little like, you know, light at the end of the tunnel thing. And you're like, okay, I see a little bit. And then you get motivated again. And then you kind of keep going at it. And so I'm just kind of on that kind of trajectory right now. Yeah, that that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I know you also do production too, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, when I got into DJing, it was that whole mentality. Let me buy an MPC and make beats and try and be like Pete Rock or Dilla or, or Premiere. Right. And that was always the mindset, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Vinyl, right? Right. Uh, um, And and like the um, that was something that you did. Like, did you move to LA and do music production? Yeah. So, um, in 2015, well, 2014, I was living in the super musical house. It was like all musicians, DJs, all this stuff, and we had a basement that was. It was like your typical like artist house, right? Yeah, it's a bunch of just bums, bunch of artists that are just like doing their thing, right? And and so around that time, it was kind of when um, DJs were all kind of becoming producers, and it was now DJ slash producer, and it was that yeah. whole like era, right? Right. And I had made beats before. So it was like, I already had that kind of mindset and I was doing a lot of DJ stuff. So I started to understand like song structure and energy more. I was like, Hey, I can get back and do this. Yeah. All of a sudden I get super heavy into it. Things start to line up. Our opportunities start to line up like little placements here and there, like getting like a commercial sync or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And I just got super into like learning music theory, learning how to play um, the keyboard, uh, learning how to just produce better and better by doing it nonstop, just like I was doing with DJing. Right. And it began to like kind of dip into my DJ stuff. And so I was like, oh, you know, I didn't really think of it much at the time, but I was like, this is working. Let me continue with that. Um, then uh, Golden Child, which I'm sure you know Golden yeah. Child out of, the, oh, yeah. out of the group, yeah, the the bangers, um, was doing production stuff with another banger that lived out in LA and his name's Replay. Okay. And Replay was the one dude who left San Jose, went to LA and started doing like huge pop placements. He had already stepped out of DJing, was doing all this big stuff, joined a production collective called Free School. Okay. Um, and it was just like mainly these three guys, a songwriter and two producers and Replay being one of those producers. Dope. And he was trying, they were working on a bunch of new stuff. He... Like he produced Look at Me Now with Diplo for Chris Brown. Oh wow. Like he he'd already worked he worked on uh one of Mad- Madonna's like recent albums. When I say recent from like probably like two thousand between two thousand ten, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then a lot of Chris Brown stuff. So he's doing he was already in that world killing out in LA and he had mentioned to Dom, because Dom was kind of getting more into that stuff too, a uh, Golden Child. Yeah. And uh, they kind of heard about me and and knew I was doing production stuff and kind of like they saw potential basically. Right. And they started in, in inviting us out for these things called writing camps yeah. in LA. And I was like, what is a writing camp? <laughs> and basically it's like, you know, nowadays everyone knows what they are. But at the time, like 2015, I had no idea what they were. It's basically all these producers, songwriters, musicians get into a house for let's say a week at a time every room is a studio and you're literally cranking out ideas every day, all day, nonstop. Right. 
Yeah. And so, and so I got invited to a couple of those and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where it's at. Like I did this back in the day. I always loved production. I learned so much about music from DJing. Now I finally get to like put all the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that, did those writing camps for about a year and replay was like, dude, if you really want to make this happen, you need to come to LA. And so literally (laughs) girlfriend at the time, now wife was like, I remember she approached her work and was like, Hey, you know, could I maybe work from home? They gave her the green light on that. Wow. I was like, Ooh, I know that's the sign right there. <laughs> and we put our notice in and moved to LA in 2015. And I, that's kind of when I put DJing kind of on the side, I was staying sharp. Like I was scratching every day just to stay sharp. I was digging for right. music like always, yeah. but I wasn't doing gigs. I wasn't really trying to build in that community out there. Yeah just doing production stuff and learning from like these greats like the first is so crazy it's like super la experience the first day or like first week we get there tico's actually in town and he's like yo my buddy just moved to la there's this barbecue at mr carmack's house (laughs) and he's like you got you you and ashley got to come so we're like we just literally don't even have our house unpacked or our apartment and we take an uber over we get over it's like all the selection guys, Mr. Carmack, Penthouse, Penthouse, uh, Kehlani's there before Kehlani was even like popping. Like people were kind of talking about her around the house. Right. Like, oh, like I hear you're doing some big things and stuff. I hadn't even heard her name. So <laughs> yeah. And I'm from the Bay and a DJ. And so I was like, <laughs> that shows you this was like super early before that stuff. And so it was right. just one of those super LA experiences. And I was like, damn, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and so I had a couple like experiences like that. And I kept kind of building on that replay shout out to him because he always put me in those rooms he was always pushing me like he worked work on stuff every day invited me to every session like he'd invite me over to the free school studio and it'd be like skrillex there and he'd be like playing tracks and i'm just like this fly on the wall like yo this is crazy yeah so and uh yeah long story short i do that for about three years um i get close and you know with this placement thing and and writing songs and pitching them to other artists is every record like almost goes and then something happens last minute and it just doesn't go through or you work on a record with 10 producers and you don't get your name on the record because you did a small part or you were not a known name and that's just the the industry right right damn but you live and you learn and and i learn and no shade to anyone like i'm not saying i dealt with that experience a lot yeah i mean things happen but um you know i, I kind of learned the ins and outs of the industry in the best way possible just by firsthand experience right and so, and then, so that, you ended up leaving la and going back yeah obviously. and it, it wasn't it wasn't like i'm fed up with la i've had enough of this it yeah. was kind of like like we just found out we were pregnant um we we weren't like we need you know we want to have a baby but we were open to it and we're just like we're just gonna go with the flow and see what happens you know yeah and so we find out that news um our apartment lease was ending and we were like okay you know we have and we have um my wife has a house out here that her family owns and we've just been renting it out for a few years yeah and we're like hey we can take this over renovate it and all that stuff so that was kind of our like calling like oh we need more space we're gonna have a baby and stuff yeah so so yeah, we made the call and um at that time I was I was still doing production stuff but I'd stopped with the pop stuff, stopped trying to do that. I was just like, let me just focus on arcade stuff and make this weird like whatever I was doing, right? Yeah. 
And so I started doing that. I was doing a bunch of independent releases, staying super consistent. Um, and then I started, once I got back to the Bay Area, friends started hitting me up saying, hey, I got a gig for you. I got a gig for you. So I started DJing again. And then I started to notice that I learned, I started approaching DJing way different. I understood understood song structure more, um, energy, uh, reading a crowd, knowing what records would work and stuff like that. Things I kind of like didn't pay attention to as much before because I was that other DJ that was like, let me play stuff that no one's heard before and stuff like yeah. that. And, right. And so I really started, just had to, fell in love with DJing all over again. And this is probably 2018 is when we moved back because we were yeah. in LA for three years. Right. And I just never looked back. And that's kind of got me to the point I am. I just kind of put all in with the DJ stuff. And I was like, I finally feel like I married all this musical experiences I've been building for the past 10 years. I finally found that, that, that common space for all of them to kind of coexist and be the artist that I always wanted to be or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. That's a great story. And I mean, it's not like your production is done. You can keep working on it and you still have all these connections and now you're up there. And especially with how everything is so internet based now, you could just be making samples, sending them down and you know, stuff like that. I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I just, you know, with the streaming stuff, it's just taken, uh, you know, it's just, that's what I'm doing. That's what my focus is at. Right. And I felt like the way I looked at it is like, let me think about the five year plan. Right. I'm in my thirties. I don't think I don't see myself being in the club environment and trying to like, you know, be that DJ forever. But I right. think now's the time to really give it a shot and make yeah. that my sole focus. And so I was like, okay, let me put all my eggs in this basket and focus on this and see what it could turn into and just enjoy the ride basically. Yeah. That's, Good plan. Um, the I asked on the internet for people to ask you questions, and oh, yeah. um, I did a little late, so I didn't get that many. But I got a yeah. few. Um, yeah, not nothing that crazy. But uh, uh, one of the homies or Twitch homies, uh, yeah. Bo knows DJing. Oh um, yeah, I know that name. Yes, I follow him on there, and um, he uh, this I think this came from Twitter though, or maybe Instagram. But okay. he said, um, I think Instagram. But he said he had two questions for you. He wanted to know what are your top Twitch channels in no particular order. Okay, um, <laughs> that's like a tough my, one. Okay. Your MySpace top eight. I know, right? No, it's well, just just dope ones. It yeah. doesn't. It's no, not yeah. like I it mean, has to I know. be. No, this is not. No, it's not that hard for me. I just want. I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting any because there's a lot of dope ones. <laughs> um, my one of my favorites is uh, Four Color Zach. I think he kills it on every level. I'm like, how does he do it? I don't know. It's <laughs> like, like I know top level DJing, top level comedy, top level like just whole experience is yeah. everything you'd want. I'm like, I don't know how he does it. And talk so. about doing so many things at once and keeping track of the chat. I mean, Jesus Christ. And then doing like an, a, a crazy DJ transition or, or trick yeah. mix thing. And, and being like, on the front page for like four hours. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I don't know how yeah. he does it. And so... Mad mad um, props to Zach. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's a big influence for me as a DJ too. He's like on that yeah, a, AM caliber for me. Like, yeah, I was so like, good. That's someone who does it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, he's up there. Um, who else is up there? I really like, uh, I don't want to forget. Jay Espinoza has a great one. Yeah. He's, he always has, you know, he does, he has like some theme, th- some theme streams, but then he also does like, he'll just jump on randomly. 
Um, yeah, a lot of then, Bay Area people, a lot of West Coast people, and a lot of Bay Area yeah. people. You know, Miles I Medina. Know. And there, I mean, I wish I could name more because there's a lot of streams I tap into. Um, but when it comes to just going to a stream where you know you're gonna always have a good time, great music, great DJing, and just like a party. You want to go to Eric Deluxe or DJ Five? Like, yeah, of course. The HMC guys, like I've known about them and I've always followed them, but like you go to their Twitch and you watch their stream, you they could not they could just play a song, let it run out, and play another song, and you're still gonna have the best Twitch experience. That I know they're before. hilarious, and that's just in real life Vegas too. I mean, they're not gonna let the song run out, but like in no, Ve- yeah, when totally. you're hanging in real life, like they're just hilarious, funny, fun dudes. So yeah, and so dope I'm, DJs. So yeah, that's that's yeah. a good good calls right there. Um, yeah. All right, he also wants to know what's the motivation behind the name Wave Cave or the Wave Cave. Oh, that's a that's a great question because I I can't take credit for that fully. Oh, um, yeah. So. The first time I heard that term was uh, from Tico because Tico got invited to the playlist retreat, which I'm sure you know about. Yes. The the Jazzy Jeff thing. And they all have, it's like a, right? It's basically a big writing camp or whatever. Yeah. We've talked about, I had like Chris Villa was on. He told a big story about it. A few people have come on that have gone and and sort of given us some, a window into it. I know what, what it's like. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so he, he had a room that he was kind of running and he was like, you know, the dude that was creating and the main dude in that room. And yeah, basically he called it the wave cave cause they just were on that vibe. Amazing. And I just remember it wasn't like an official thing, but I remember I like said something to him on Instagram and he's like, Oh, we're in the wave cave right now. I was like, Ooh, that sounds like, that sounds dope. What is that? <laughs> and so, um, yeah and so like i mean tying into like my my vibe and my music like you know definitely like i play high energy stuff but my style like is very vibey and i guess uh, another word for that is wavy yeah true and if you look at my surroundings it's kind of like i'm in this little cave of a studio yeah and so i hit up tico i was like hey i'm gonna call my twitch thing wave cave and he was like what's wave cave I was like, dude, you don't you remember? Like, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, go for it. You can use it. He's like, and what's so, that? He's like, you know, yeah, many, know, you know how many ideas I've had since that. <laughs> I know, right? And I was like, I reminded him. He's like, oh yeah, the wave cave. And so I was like, I'm gonna use that. And he was like, dude, go for it. And so yeah, that's where it came from. That's so cool. Who makes Shout the emote? The emotes for it. Uh, so I design everything. Like all creative is me, but okay. uh, Flowtron is the one who executes. Oh, okay. Because it's dope. I love the way you have like the wavy with the two, and there are different shapes, so it looks weird when you put it out. And yeah, um, I was like, what's gonna disrupt a chat? Yeah, and I was like, I like one it. emote is not enough sometimes. So I was like, some people even do like three that you got to put together. But I was like, right. I've cool. oh, I've seen some crazy ones, but the um. I like it. I like your emotes too because I'll use them in other chats. Like they're they're like yeah. uh, multi use. <laughs> That's what I try to do, right? Like spread the love or like spread the. It's like when I'm not on Twitch, I'm still on Twitch type. Yeah, thing. yeah, totally. Spread your your reach or whatever. Exactly. Um, exactly. All right, another Twitch homie uh, and someone I've known actually before Twitch. Uh, Tommy Klipsch wants to ask about DJ Doug. Oh, damn. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Oh man, these inside jokes from Twitch just keep like happening. And nine times out of ten, they come from DJ Five and Eric Deluxe. <laughs> so in in the Twitch world, it's like 
now that we're not all in the same place where we can just take shots and be in the same place together, yeah. uh, FaceTime shots is like the new thing. And so when the homies stream in, they're like, yo, FaceTime shot. And it's just a thing. Like I do at least like two or three. Oh man, stream. I'm, I'm going to have to get in on this. I'm just going to fill a tequila bottle with water and then be like, that's right, dude. It's my that's 20th a, shot. <laughs> that's a thing. No, I've heard, I think E-Rock was talking about it. Not that he was doing it, but someone was like calling out like fake shots or taking shots of water and saying it was vodka. If I take more than three shots, I would be so faded in my house. Like, I don't know what I would do. I know. And my kid's shots. room is like right behind me. I'll be like, wake the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, right? When, when I know three shots in a house feel like 10 shots in a club yeah you know what i mean like it's just or no wait the three shots in a house feel yeah, yeah like yeah, 10 shots in a club yeah the, to me i don't know no um, i'm the same way it's just because you're comfort at home you don't really feel much you don't have any else like any other thing affecting you so when you drink alcohol it's the only thing you feel <laughs> yo i know i saw jay espinoza tweet some funny he's like the new walk of shame for DJs is having to clean up all your bottles and cans and shot glasses after your stream in the pure silence. <laughs> As I was reading that tweet, I looked at my desk in my studio and it was like dirty shot glasses, old beer cans. I was like, dude, I'm a bum. Yeah, it's like, so funny. And I just I just felt like I felt the shame. <laughs> yeah, it's the that's that's the walk of shame right now. All right. Oh yeah. I'll, so um, oh yeah. Oh, sorry, Doug. <laughs> oh DJ Doug. Yeah. So what's yeah, who, so what's, I, what's going uh, on here? I, uh, five Facetime me, and he had some friends over, and he was like, "Yo, Facetime with Arcade," and he shows the phone to his friends, and they go, "Yo, is that the homie Doug?" <laughs> and the chat heard, and they're like, "Yo, that's DJ Doug." And all, now I'm now I'm Doug when I'm in their stream. So that's that's that. Wow, yeah. that's hilarious. Okay, I yeah. got it. DJ, so you're AKA DJ Doug. DJ now. Doug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna have to do a whole stream as DJ Doug and figure out what kind of music DJ Doug plays. <laughs> well, now I already know the visuals. I'm gonna do uh, Doug the cartoon. That's what I pictured. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. No, it's not because I look like Doug. <laughs> No, I, I mean, you look like <laughs> Doug, his friend, Doug, whoever that is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's but hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so what, like, I've been trying to think of things, you know, we, we talk so much about Twitch and, and COVID yeah. and being stuck in the house. And, and I like yeah. to think outside of that, too, because, you know, people will be listening to this in the future. But I also like to get into why people are doing I feel like you've given us on this episode already, like, so much insight into why how you got to where you are mentally and also um career wise you know the work you put in but also the things that all layered up to it um do you have any idea not that you need to but yeah what what do you want your legacy to be at the end of all of this or or when you're 10 20 years from now uh have you thought about that is that something you think about more and more every day Definitely. I was talking to you about like the five year plan. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I, like I said, I don't, I definitely don't see myself in a club in 20 years. I, you know, I'm, I, I love, I'm definitely a family person. I'm a homebody. I'm a soup. It's, I, I tell people this now that I like, I'm an introverted person and very like keep to myself. And they're like, what? No, we see you on Twitch. You are not that person. And I think as DJs, we're able just to tap into this like alternate personality and become this person that we're not because we're performers, right? And we got to entertain. Yep. And so with Twitch, when it's a one-man show, you got to kind of learn to do all that together. So, I mean, 
20 years from now, I, you know, I want to continue to grow my DJ career and get to the level of the people I look up to or as close as I can to where I feel like I've put my all in and I'm starting to see results of putting that work in. You know what I mean? So yeah, growing, getting bigger gigs, um, working with, uh, you know, the, the relationships that I built and just working with people that I've, I've looked up to and hopefully making those people that I looked up to become like my peers and my friends and, and stuff like that. And, and just kind of be remembered for, you know, putting the art form first and foremost. Um, so, that, yeah, that was always my approach. Like I learned from all these people that were amazing and skilled. And I was like, I just thought from the jump that that's what you got to be before you're successful. And then this whole new wave of DJs came and I was like, damn, like you don't really got to be like crazy. And you see all these other DJs getting big gigs and I'm like, yo, do I have it wrong? So, but I can't get out of that mindset once you, once you have it locked in. Right. No, I think you have the right approach mindset and attacking and what, you know, everything you're doing, you know, I mean, it's easy to look at other people and think things, but in reality, it's all about you versus yourself. So you could look at other people as much as you want. I think it's good to get inspiration, but, um, you know, I, I heard like someone said something recently and they were like, you know, you're going to spend so much time looking at someone else's plate of food that your plate of food gets cold, you know, like you don't realize what's in front of you because you're seeing and it's hard with the internet, everything and the FOMO and like, um, you have to really focus on yourself, but I think you've been doing a good job of that. Thank you. I mean, I relate with that statement a hundred percent. I think everyone does in this day and age with, with the way the internet is and everything's set up to make you feel like you should want that thing or be like that, or that's why that's happening for them. But your brain isn't letting you realize that there's so many things beyond that, that have that are out of your control and their control, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And uh, like, uh, what's that other saying? It's like comparison is the thief of joy or something like that. That I think about all day and I'm totally that person that like would see their inspirations and be like, okay, I got to get exactly there. And knowing that like, I was only, uh, I was only inspired by pieces of that. And you just get consumed by all the stuff you see every day. And it's like, next thing you know, you're like lost. Yes. What am I doing? It's true. Yeah. You have to like keep your focus going. And I think that the projects, uh, that's what I've noticed just talking to, to successful DJs and producers and music people on here is that working on things you like and doing projects and things, you know, that's the key to being happy, but also not worrying about all the other stuff and being able to tune out of the noise and not feel so like, oh, I have to do this or that if you're just doing your thing. And I think now more than ever with Twitch, like this is your chance to really like hone in because you're not doing gigs. You have no other distraction other than yourself, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, right? Right. Like, and That's your two-year-old I, child and wife, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. which I are always here. But yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> no, I know. I, but less than before, like, because before it was like, okay, I'm prepping for the live gigs and 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 trying to yep. work a relationship to get into the next gig and stuff like that. And so all things that are very important, but just kind of took away from doing exactly what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So take totally. advantage of this time, right? And and build what you want and then hopefully like 
not replicate, but take a chunk of that and then apply it to your life as a DJ or your career post yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, yeah. Before I uh, forget, make sure to tell people where to follow you. We'll put it in the comments, but um, we've been talking about all your stuff. So let people know your, um, your at address. It's the same everywhere, right? Uh, it's I at keep it simple. This is, yeah. So I think if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, it's at this is arcade and it's arcade is spelled R C A D E. Yes, sir. On literally everything, website, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitch, Instagram, you name it. And it, you know, it's funny. Like, yes, it's no A in front. R C A D E. So many times like fashion was an arrayed me. We are fade was an arrayed me. And they did a failed raid because they typed in arcade with a in front. <laughs> had to call him out on that one you're like oh shit i mean that's <laughs> tough well especially they've been doing sh- facetime shots all night they're like i'm no, spelling always- arcade what the hell no they yeah they're they're smacked by that point so they're yeah what yeah, can they it's do understandable yeah, no. um well you've told us so much and and all that do you have anything else uh anything you want to tell the listeners that we didn't get to or anything you want to talk about still Man, we covered so much, man. We I did. Off top, like, I can't really think of anything, but... I think, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited to continue to build this streaming thing and build these relationships and this whole community that lives on, on Twitch now and then hopefully apply that to, you know, next year or whenever we get back into real life. Like, hopefully, hopefully we can just basically apply all this hard work into real life yes i think so all of it leads to something that's like people would say to me well i'm not going to build myself up on a new platform only for it to get shut down and go here i'm like i was big on myspace like yeah i don't regret that (laughs) you know like that helped me in a million ways i don't wish i didn't put the work i did into myspace myspace is gone everything goes you know like no yeah but like you said you you gotta do your thing things from that experience that got totally. you to the next level. So even if Twitch, let's say Twitch stopped tomorrow and none of us were able to stream, like I would have gained so much that I would not regret all the time I put into it. Exactly. Because of what I've done so far, even if it goes away. So you could say that. I think it's just an excuse at the end yeah, of the day. If, me you too. You know what I mean? Yes, so. totally. With well, the whole, I, have a quick, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, sure. I do was going to say, you have a question for me. I've been trying to let the guests ask. So yeah, go for Perfect. it. Let's well, I'm go. Just, I'm just curious... Like with you, do you think the landscape of the DJ industry is going to shift or change at all once things start to open and and post-COVID in terms of musical selection, DJs getting booked? Like, is it just going to go right back to what it was, do you think? I don't know. It's a tough question. <laughs> I mean, a, I've we we've discussed this. I've discussed this outside of this show and on this show with so many people, yeah. and everyone has their predictions. And it's almost like as the world keeps going, they keep changing. But I definitely don't think everything could be the same. You know, like yeah, there has to be differences. I also don't think that everyone had this vision of when we come back everyone's going to be partying i don't think it's going to be like january 4th everyone's going to be back like i don't know what's going to happen i don't think anybody does because i don't think we had been here but i do think that there will be some changes to who's getting booked um i think that 
Some of the booking things will change. Some of the music stuff can change. But my gut feeling with the music is that that yeah. will never change. Like I feel like I learned yeah. a lesson when I got one of my first out of the country gigs, and I got booked in like this place, Bergen, Norway. And I remember thinking, oh, they like, or even Japan when I got booked. I remember thinking, oh, they're going to be so into this kind of music and that. And and I prepared forever, yeah. only to like. Right when I get there, some girl come up and go like, do you have Justin Timberlake? Oh, and like did the exact same thing every girl in America did to me and like, yeah. gave me the attitude and got mad. And I'm like, okay, everything's the same everywhere. And not to say that, that that's the way it is all the time, but yeah. there's something about human beings and their relationship to music and the patterns and DJs that are these people that are into it and the people that are not into it that just want to dance that, I don't know, leads music to be very there's different levels of it and there's yeah. there's a big place for pop music and this unintelligent fun yeah. whatever it is you know uh yeah. so i don't know if that'll change i hope i hope it does and i do think that people are going to learn a lot from this and i do think some of the bookings can change and a lot of the collaborations and and the people that know each other and i think yeah. a lot of people have shown them uh uh, shown themselves as like you know being kind of crazy people and <laughs> all yeah, of this you know yeah yeah no yeah totally i mean yeah i think that's a good point like i mean just like we play music from the 80s and 70s that still is very relevant in dj sets nowadays like that's never going to change just like i'd imagine some of the bigger records and stuff that are new won't yeah. change in 10 years like those are their hit songs for a reason like people are always going to want to hear him. Maybe what, maybe what'll change a little bit is just DJs. And I think this actually falls back on the DJs. Well, for, for some, some of it is, you know, now that they've been able to like really dip into other crates and other styles, maybe they'll start to implement sliding in a song or two that yeah. they, you know what I mean? That they wouldn't usually because they learned on Twitch that this song actually goes better with the, or goes well with this song or sandwiched in between these two hit records. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because they never tried it before because they were just so busy doing gig after gig after gig, knowing what they had this f formula that they had to follow that now is just kind of shattered. And yeah. they kind of get a chance to like reassemble the pieces in their own way, I guess. Right. Or you get enough of your Twitch people to come to the club and just flip the vibe. I, know, I thought I thought of that too. And I'm like, how is that going to be? Like, are we going to be different on the mic? <laughs> Probably. So on Twitch, I'll be like, hey guys, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell the crowd that now. I know. I know, right? All right, guys, I'm going. I'll be back. Anybody need anything? Cool. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to go grab a beer. I'll be right back. Go to the bathroom, grab a beer, maybe change my shirt. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> So, uh, dope. Yeah. Well, um, any other questions for me? I'm, I'm here for you if you want, but <laughs> oh, man, I'm so bad on the spot like that. I should have wrote nah. some questions down for you. It's um, all good. It's been a long, it's been a long interview. We got so, I mean, I feel like we, we discussed so much. So props to anyone who's made it this far <laughs> in our yeah, two hour journey. I know we went we went deep tonight. We did go deep, but I'm glad we you know I we got to learn about a lot of things. I learned a lot about your music organization and and your building of your Twitch and and all that stuff and just the your mind state through all of this. So um, I love hearing it. It's great stories to me, and I think the crowd does too. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the Twenty Podcast, DJ Arcade. Everyone, thank go so check much. this man out and. Um, 
I will see you on Twitch probably what tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, maybe <laughs> tonight. Who knows? I, maybe. I usually lurk in the demon hours, so <laughs> I'll, I'll head on. I'll probably go on there tonight and say what up too after I record yeah. the intro for this. But um, yeah, on, I'll see who, you. Who's on tonight? I don't know. Not a lot of Sunday nighters. Um, Sunday but, nighters. Yeah, yeah. Super late, but we'll see. Yeah. It's it's midnight right now. But uh, yeah. I'll see you somewhere, and I'll see you Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and yep. uh, one day we'll hang on again in stream. person. Yes, yes. We'll see you in my stream. I was waiting for that. Yes, on your stream soon enough. My stream's coming soon. Twitch.tv slash DJ Spider. Fire PC setup. Let's go. I got the PC. I got all types of shit. And I got definitely some funny things for you and good music. And I'll be scratching and doing all the good shit for you. So tune in. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, All right, man. Thank you for coming on. We will talk to you soon. My dude. Thank you so much. All right. Peace. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.